On the Pilot TV podcast this week, we're heading back to the Outer Rim with Din Djarin for the long-awaited third season of The Mandalorian on Disney+, Plus. investigating a case of arson in the new series of ITV's The Bay, and finding out why Abbott Elementary is hoovering up all the awards nominations as that show's second season lands on our shores on Disney+. Plus. Plus... Pull on your red tie and climb into your Volvo because Lufa is back. And the show's creator, Neil Cross, drops by to discuss the man in the tweed coat's return. Uh, in, in a th- film. In a film. Yes, that's right, Boydie. In a film. Just saying. In a film. All those arguments about what's a film, what's a fiction-length drama, it went off for years, Kelly, <laughs> before you George Joyce arrival at this very uh, podcast, and we weren't allowed to do like feature-length, even though completely made for TV and nothing to do with cinema. Who's rule? Oh, go, like James or Terry. Terry, James, all of them. See, Fascists. Boyd's been carrying this now, for a long time. <laughs> now, suddenly, it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, and it's like it's not even we can argue. Oh no, it's not really. It's literally in cinemas. The it's literally point, in cinemas. The whole point of it James, is that it's a film yeah. of Luther. Changed. I know, I know. He's changed. I mean, you can't expect consistency. From it's because I'm a maverick. I'm a renegade. Yeah, yeah. that's one word. That's for one word. That yeah. yeah, and also you know a twat. Anyway, I'm James Dyer, and welcome to the Pilot TV Podcast, your essential guide to every show that matters, and a podcast that once again sees me joined by my two square-eyed companions who you have already heard from, specifically Kay Ribeiro, who was forced to watch a Star War this week, and Boyd Hilton, who was forced to watch me watch The Bay. How are we both? <laughs> uh, yes, that was quite some... Uh, we had a little pre... Kay, we had a little pre... Me and James, a yeah. little pre-chat about... A little pre-chat. Oh, the Bay. Illegal for a start. It's gonna, yeah, it was illegal. Yeah. And that, that's another example of, of James running yeah. roughshod over the rule, rules. Yeah, that, well, that's one of your rules. The, the no discussing. Yeah, my rule. But I'm, I'm with it. I'm with it. Yeah. I see. So, listen, just pull back the little curtain a little bit. This is something that we mentioned before. We do make a point of when we watch our shows, we never ever discuss what we thought of them before we get and on. And it's this really podcast. frustrating because sometimes I instantly want to talk to Boyd, who sits next to me. And you can't. No. no? And you, he'll be like, he just puts his hand up. Yep. Doesn't save say a word. Podcast. Just save it. Save yeah. it for the podcast. And but also, I often know exactly what case they're thinking because she's like, literally like sighing heavily um, and looking baffled, basically. Yeah. Much like when I sat next to Terry Wyatt at the screening of Rocket Man, that I often refer to as a, someone making it quite clear what they think of a film situation. I mean, speaking of our beloved Terry White, yeah. as we go into the what we've been watching section, I'm going to tell you what Terry White has been watching because she's been texting me recently to say that she's been plowing through Aaron Sorkin's The Newsroom. Now, you'll remember when she watched The West Wing and she yeah. discovered the West Wing and it changed her life. And then I convinced her to try the newsroom and she's like, what the fuck is this shit? You know, she was having none of it. Absolutely none of it. I don't know what caused her to give it another chance, but she's been going through it and she has recognised it for the flawed gem that it is and loves it warts and all. So uh, she's just didn't, finished the third season. Didn't we actually do an official kind of review of the first episode? I some... think I think I did a thing where I, yeah, we did talk about it in the podcast. I yeah. made her watch it. And I remember about watching it, it myself, yeah. Yeah. Um, it is flawed, but I, I love it. Massively flawed, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I, it was, it was, it was, you know, yeah, it was occasionally brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Well, she's been enjoying it now, but the last time I spoke to her, she hadn't finished the third season. So oh, okay. once she updates me, because mm. Terry has a tendency to not reply for several days when I text her, <laughs> once she updates me, I will let you know what she thought of the final season of the newsroom. And indeed, the Sloan Don romance. Who are they? Yeah, just people. Which one's Sloane? Played by who? I'm, I'm, oh. I'm spoiling it for people. Oh, right, okay, no, it's right. fine. It's fine. Sloane is, of course, Olivia Munn's character. Oh, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. And yeah. Don is the bell end who has a redemption arc. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Right. And Your as, eyebrows as shot you can understand, you I do enjoy a bell end with a redemption arc. Oh, so, God, you know, yeah. yeah. Uh, enjoy that. What have you guys been watching? I have been watching. I thought I'd catch up with a little show 
called The Last of Us. Ooh. You may have heard of it. I, I, I have you heard of it. Yes, I, yeah. I have in fact heard of it. It's based on a video game. Uh, really? Yeah. Can you tell me more? Oh, wow. A video game. <laughs> a video game. Um, <laughs> and I know we were all, us, us um, spoilt TV critics, I use mm. the word in, in inverted commas, slash bellends, uh, were sent, famously sent the whole series to watch. Yep. And, I know, and James ploughed through the whole thing because he has no, can't wait, he has no discipline. Absolutely. In, in one evening, yep. one day. <laughs> like a toddler, yeah. I, however, didn't do that. I watched the first few, admittedly. I watched the first three, got to the famous third episode, the, yes. the brilliant third episode. And then I kind of, um, I, held, I, I held off for it. I thought I'll catch up with it. And then I've been, now I've been watching it uh, week by week live, really. I thought I might as well watch the uh, UHD version on Sky now, by the way, listeners. Sky, if you've got Sky Q, and maybe even some of the other versions of Sky, like Sky Stream, I'm not sure. Um, you have a UH, you can watch it in UHD live as it goes out, which is, I think is a major development. Is so, this a development? I just I assumed so. that's what it did. No, it hasn't, you can watch, like, watch it at, your own, at any given time and download it in UHD. But when it broadcast, yeah, it was just HD. It used to be, yeah. I didn't know that. I'm, I'm sure there'll be listeners who will <laughs> okay, me. What are you talking about, boy? Yeah, I was going for years, you absolute ballad. <laughs> but as far as I'm concerned, it was fairly okay. new to be able to watch it live. Anyway, it looks fantastic, obviously, so it's well worth taking advantage of the UHD 4K thing. But I just wanted to say, the thing I wanted to particularly point out, yes, you're right about how brilliant it is, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and it will be vying for all the awards and our best of the year and all of that. But the thing that particularly struck me about watching um, the episodes is the casting is unbelievable. Yes. So, for example, in the episode with Harry and Sam, who is the Sam's the little boy who's yeah. deaf, who draws pictures of Superman, etc. And um, Henry is his older brother. Those actors, Lamar Johnson as Hen Henry and Kyvon Montreal Woodard, are unbelievable. Yes, they are. Right? The little kid. Have you, have you carried the on carried on watching it? No. Because no. it, I mean, it is quite scary. Open casting. He came from an open Did casting he? session. Yeah. Uh, they're just effing unbelievable. They're so brilliant together. And then reacting to um, the, the characters we know and love, the main characters in the show. And that episode is like, which is just, I think that episode is is phenomenal and possibly which equal episode? to... Have you said the episode? Is it, which, is it four or five? You are <laughs> thinking of, so that would be, it's, well, it's four and five. Four and I suspect five. you're thinking specifically of episode five. Yeah, I'm pretty much thinking specifically of episode five. It is just phenomenal, yeah. And then when Melanie Linsky arrives as this kind of rebel leader mm. figure, that's brilliant as well because she's so unlikely. She's complete. Is, is that character in the game? No, it's not. Okay. In fact, it's funny you should ask, Brody. Oh. So that that character, uh, well, that sequence was set in Kansas City is in Pittsburgh in the game, right? And the characters are kind of faceless enemies. Oh, okay. But you, there's an epistolary narr narrative in there. That's, that's a difficult thing to say. Epistolary narrative mm. uh, where you can find letters about how the people of the quarantine zone overthrew the federal authority and then essentially replaced them. They, they became corrupt and violent themselves. And so they decided to spin that out and turn them into revolutionaries who had overthrown the authority. And they cast Melanie Linsky, she's a friend of co-showrunner Craig Mason's, uh, because she was against type. Like She didn't seem yeah. like the kind of person. I mean, having said that, if you've seen Yellow Jack, is an IFR against type, but that she didn't seem like a bloody revolutionary. Exactly. Yeah, she absolutely is 100% not what you expect from a bloody revolution, which makes it so clever. And these little things, these decisions, like the casting and the and that character and and having her play it and her dialogue and the way she interacts with people make it make it so feel so um, authentic. Mm. That's the that's the, such, such a clever thing about it, and that, that's what elevates it massively beyond. I mean, I I can 
confess, I did say when it first clapped eyes in it, like, what's, you know, can we really get that excited about another zombie show like The Walking Dead? I know they're not zombies. I know they're infected. <laughs> they're infected. Oh, let's yeah. not get into this again. Yeah, but that is how it comes across, right? As, as a viewer. Mm, if you've yeah. never heard of the of the game show, no, the, the video zombies. game, the game yeah. show, the video game show, and you'd never met James no, who explained every single detail. Zombies. I don't you care think what this is a zombie show? Yeah, it's a zombie yeah. show. But it, I, I absolutely accept that it is the Rolls Royce of, mm. of, the, of that kind of show. It's so much better than but the You've watched Dead. seven episodes, not just five, right? Like yeah, you've seen I'm all now up, up to the, the live, yeah. Yes, yeah, so you've done the Left Behind episode, which have been yeah. the last one you saw. Yeah. By the time this goes out, the next one will have aired. Yeah. I will not say anything about that. There will be no spoilers on this podcast. Kay, have you been in any way tempted to revisit this or were you just one and done and you're out? Yeah, I'm, I'm out. Just, just because, because it's because it's like not grounded, because it's speculative, because it's a little bit, you know. Yes, and fantasy-y. also there's so much. I mean, there's so much stuff that we we're having to watch. I just, you know, oh, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. But, oh, thank you. He's he's, he's yeah, Boyd. Boyd, James has given me permission <laughs> not to watch it. Not to watch it. There you go. I'll sign a little slip for you if you want. You give it to the teacher. <laughs> he literally uh, almost oh, shot well patting me on the head. Yeah, <laughs> You're right. Uh, but no, but genuinely. So, but even hearing Boydie, who mm. you trust and love, mm. even hearing Boydie say that it is going to be one of, if not the best. <laughs> show of the year that doesn't in any way make you think maybe I should go back when we come to do the end of year list yeah then I will watch it because then I'll want to contribute to whether I think it's good enough to go to the list okay okay fine <laughs> till then I mean I've got I mean there's so many shows that are on my to watch list because the thing with this is like I know that you don't like science fiction I know you you struggle with things that are kind of outside your kind of I didn't of hate this by the way yeah. no I know you didn't I know mm. but it's not it's not it's like me with the traitors like I appreciate it's really good I actually enjoyed watching it but I'm not going to watch anymore it's that yeah, sort of thing right. <laughs> well unless it's, I haven't yet but I've got to rule it out anyway but there's so much human drama in this show the human drama is where it lives like it's not about the action it's not about the zombies it's not about any of them not zombies but it's not about them mushroom zombies but it's about the human drama it is simply about relationships between people and an arc and a person coming coming back from the brink look at you trying to lure me back in I am I am I'm trying to pull you back in it's all about the human drama all about the human drama okay well it's on the list but it's low down (laughs) right okay okay it's low down at least it's on the list it's on the list I suppose we should take that kind of win yeah Mm. it's going to be let's face it it's going to be Happy Valley versus The Last of Us for the show of the year yeah Happy Valley it's obviously going to be Happy Valley (laughs) Well, you can say that once uh, you've watched all of The Last of Us like you watched all of the other show I May Destroy You you didn't even watch Mm. that you absolute twat I watched two episodes yeah Yeah. Um, again there's no normal people hypocrisy on a a massive scale (laughs) anyway it is absolutely brilliant yeah I mean there just is no there's just no denying it it's just fantastic TV it's up there with The Leftovers oh it's it's incredible just in terms it's just there's like a level in my mind. There's like a level is reached of completely superb television, mm. whatever genre it is, and that's now on, it's definitely on that level. Okay, for sure. Well, you uh, wait till you get to the end. Um, I mean, I've already been devastated about a million times over. It's, it's also <laughs> continually devastating. Yes, that's oh the thing gosh. about it. Yeah, because you know, like we used to say about Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones don't never get that attached to any character because they're bound to be executed within seconds. And sure enough, on this show, the randomness of the main guy the doesn't go there because does he. I like no, him. Spoilers. No, no spoilers. spoilers. No spoilers. No spoilers. But the randomness of the violence and death really, really—that's really what it's about, isn't yeah. it? It's about the absolute random violence of the universe as well, dramatized. The theme of this entire show is that you can't Tell protect us. the people you love. Like that's the theme yes. of the entire show. Because yes. obviously Cheery. that's what Joel learns in the first episode. Yeah. And this whole story kind of echoes that trauma that he goes through. Yeah. Human drama, okay. Human drama. <laughs> I should I should say this. I should say this. Like if you 
do love The Last of Us and you don't already subscribe to Pilot Plus, we do have a Last of Us spoiler special mm -hmm. out there which covered episodes one to three and involved me and Boyd and Helen. And no, it didn't no, you involve me. No, it didn't I involve you. Absolutely not involved Oh, that's me, right. No. You weren't invited. You totally snubbed. Yeah. Oh, it involved, no. it involved me no. and Helen yeah. Boyd, and no. Nick and yeah. Amon, I think. Do you know what? Yeah. The nerd, not, AKA the nerd army. The nerd which I'm army. quite proud yeah. of not being a part of the honest. nerd army. I, I'm not going to listen to it on the basis that Boydo's not on yeah, it. Oh, you're going to be enough. on the next one, okay? Uh, and, <laughs> uh, and, but not just that, not only do we bang on for a very long time, I also, there's also an hour of me talking to Neil Druckmann and Craig Mason on there as well huh. about those three episodes. But I should reveal here, I did mention it on Pilot Plus last week, but we will also have two more Last of Us spoiler specials coming, and they will both drop after the finale airs, which I think is on March the 13th. The first one is the second half of our spoiler special special, which is all of us talking about the rest of the episodes in incredible detail. But there's also another interview special, which not only has another hour of me talking to Craig oh Mason gosh. and Neil Druckmann, because those guys yeah. just can't get rid of me. But I also managed to get Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey on the phone to talk in extreme spoilery plot detail about all of the beats going up to the very final moment of the final episode. So it's very, very exciting. I'm so excited to do our Traitors spoiler special. <laughs> mm, yeah. Aren't yeah. you? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And we'll do yeah. like three or Seven four of them. Seven hours with Claudia Winkleman and that <laughs> idiot who, that who would be uh, may or may not have won. Yeah. Uh, yes, for the Traitors spoiler special. Yeah, <laughs> the last of us spoiler special. Oh, yeah. Subscribe to Pilot Plus at embryonline.com slash pilot TV. Oh. Anyway, I didn't actually, genuinely didn't um, begin that uh, discussion of The Last of Us just so that James could plug all you his little, can I just all say little that, spoiler can, specials. Can I just say something? You should have known also when you started talking about it what it was going to lead to. I knew, what, right? I, I knew exactly what it was going to lead banging on about that show again. But it is what I've been watching. So, okay. And the other thing is, I wanted to mention is um, two more things. One is, as everyone has pointed out quite rightly on the Twitter, to me, Unforgotten yes. is... All available yes. on yeah. ITVX. You fuck that, didn't Precisely you, Precisely as I said it wouldn't. All right. <laughs> um, most of them were less rude than James, weirdly. They're like, He's eh. human. He made a mistake. Um, I am surprised, I have to say. But then I, I should have known because I do remember someone from ITV telling me and me asking the specific question, in fact, at the launch of it. God, there was boy, a lavish that launch. That is bad. All right. There was a lavish launch. Hashtag journalism. Everyone knows I'm going to see now. I forget these things. No, you're not. Anyway, uh, at the massive launch on the South Bank, I remember them saying every single drama that's mm. on ITV will be available in full on ITVX. And that is, oh, seems wow. to be that's wild. very much the case. Yeah, this, so. to be fair, surprised me. I yeah. was super excited to see they were all there. I'm going to watch them this weekend. Well, I've watched... So I've watched a few more. I'm, I watched two and three. And the... Um, it's really it continues to be fantastic because the you get more the the opening episode definitely establishes the the difficult relationship yeah. mm. um, between Sonny and the new um, his new boss um, Sinead Keenan yeah mm. um, but then the case itself is really intriguing and fascinating there's, only, there's kind of four main suspects this time I think I'm sure before there'd been like five maybe even six sometimes um, but it's kind of both simplified and more complicated because even though there's only four key main suspects I've got a theory oh go on. No, but I won't, just in case I'm right. I'll tell you off afterwards. Yeah, tell us afterwards okay. so you don't spoil it for people. Yeah, okay. yeah, sorry. Well, I, mean, I don't know about you anyway, because I'm only, I'm only, I'm not, I'm, I mean, I'm basing I'm this on the it. first episode. But I think I am going to finish it this weekend as well. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's, so so, it's so compelling. Yeah, fantastic. And I've watched a few more Fleischman is in trouble, because uh, I've had a few people again mm. on the Twitter saying, um, have you reached episode seven? I haven't got to episode seven yet, actually, but particularly, apparently episode seven is particularly... Everyone, loads of people are tweeting yeah. about that. Yeah. That's my plans for the weekend now, based on... Um, the listeners. Do you um, watch The Last of Us, but you watch Eisenberg Fox? Like that's one hundred percent. Okay, yeah. good to know. Good I yeah. mean, hello, it's got Seth from the OC in it. It does. That's true. It has a character called Seth. Yeah. I noticed that Joe Barton, friend of the pod, 
Rijek Extraordinaire tweeted um, about Fleischmann, who's in trouble, he said something like, oh yes, um, Fleischmann's going through such a difficult, extraordinary, traumatic times, he has to have sex with another <laughs> gloriously attractive woman in New York. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you have yeah, a point. Yeah, it sucks to be Fleischmann. Yeah, yeah, yeah literally. Mm. Uh, anyway, well, I, something I wanted to say is I have a few, I have a few addenda some errata to address. Mm. Oh. Uh, oh a, a few errors were made. The one, one of them that, that I mixed up. I said, I think I said, I don't remember if I said this on Pilot Plus or the regular podcast. It all blurs together for me. But I confused Ben Grimm with Ben Richards. I said Ben Richards is not the thing. Obviously, the thing is Ben Grimm. Ben Richards is the Running Man. I meant the Running Man. Oh, I'm kind of sure so. just me who gets things wrong all the time. Yeah, no, it's I got actually, that wrong. Oh, I, I was wow. confusing the thing with the Running Man. So there you go. That's one thing that I got wrong. The other thing that I forgot was I confused. Guar with Lordy. Oh, I you said, didn't. I said no. it was Guar that came in. Oh, you total But it wasn't Guar, it was Lordy. Yes, everyone knows I'm that. I'm getting the kind of Scandi monster mm. rock groups confused. Um, yeah, so it was Lordy. I mean, to be fair, they look a bit similar. Let's not mess about. Yes. I literally didn't know the difference, so... Yeah. So no. I got those wrong. And also someone else pointed out that while I was astonished to see that the Bastard Son and the Devil himself had been renamed Half Bad mm. the Bastard Son and the Devil himself that was in fact a change made about a week after it came out when it wasn't getting the ratings uh, uh, and, still oh, I think that's valid and, but I just noticed last week yeah I mean so. you can't be expected to be monitoring the titles thank you boy thank you you're absolutely yeah. that, right not the Eurovision even the Eurovision one I can't I'm with you I'm, yeah I, when you, funny enough when you said I was thinking was that what they were called or was that yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah so yeah. you know yeah so there you go I have, I have uh, addressed my errata Yeah, I haven't been watching too much. I've been a bit under the weather, so I've been like streamlining what I've been watching. So I've been just deep diving again into Ted Lasso because I'm furiously trying to consume it before the third season on the 15th of March. I'm still doing that. Third season, which has begun to arrive on the Apple screening portal, lest we forget. (gasps) Only one episode. Only one episode. Yeah, but obviously I need to catch up. Where are you up to then? So I'm the episode, I think, before the coach. You know the one that you said, oh, it went a bit off... Beard after hours. Yeah. So I'm just before that one, I think. Okay. But every episode, I'm just falling more and more in love with Brett Goldstein. So he's here. Yeah. He's there. He's every fucking where. Roy Kent. <sighs> yeah. Such I wrote a picture in the next issue of Heat Magazine, James, that your mother can fully read. She won't be offended. <laughs> but I didn't make any of it up about the uh, brilliance of Brett Goldstein and the and how he's a he's such a he's amazing. huge yeah. star. He is. Yeah. He's he's a proper ledge. massive talent. Um, so yeah, I've been mainly watching that, but also I have been watching A Town Called Malice, which is Sky's new crime thriller mm. set in the eighties. Which, which we're, we're reviewing gonna, next week. We're going to review next week. I won't say any more, but. And I can't say anymore, <laughs> but I was happy to watch it. Okay, good. Yes. good. That that's feels like you're probably breaking some kind of embargo, yeah. but that's fine. Okay. Um, good, good. So yeah, that's it. Oh. Well, I have been watching season four, part two of you. So <gasps> oh, yeah. I haven't got it. Um, you guys have been we've like... We've seen it all. Yeah, you've been we've taunting me on, on uh, the WhatsApp group yep. saying, oh yeah, I'm watching it now. And I thought, okay, let me, let me see. Because um, I thought it was on normal, you know, normal TV, yeah. uh, which it isn't. And then no. I was like... I don't know if I've got access to it. They haven't given it to you. I mean, you obviously special. haven't read my uh, extensive previews where I mentioned this. The show, the season split into two parts and the second no, part. No, I knew it was two event. parts. I didn't, I, I don't have access. Yeah, Netflix That's have not provided K. With I know, but I thought you were saying you thought it was going to be on normal TV. No, I thought I thought we were doing it a bit late and I thought it already become... Okay. <laughs> Don't try catching me. Look at Boyd arching his eyebrow like he's caught me out. You haven't yeah. caught me out with of anything. Course. I know what you mean. You Thank meant you. you thought it would just be on Netflix. You didn't have to yes. request it. Yes. Thank See, you. I, I'm on your way. Oh my like, God, what what's about. happening? I'm now siding with uh, James yeah. and Boyd. This See, is an awful terrific. state of affairs. Dark times. <laughs> um, I'm, I, I, on, the, on the WhatsApp, I, did, I think I texted you. I'd watched the first two and I just texted you and went, what? 
the fuck? I mean, that was quite late on like, like Sunday night yeah, or something. I was watching it. I was like, this is just... And you sent a picture. Was that a spoiler? Batch. I was furious. I did not send a spoiler picture, no. 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 Okay, fine. No, you're thought... fine. There were no spoiler pictures at right. all. But it was just like, One of I mean... hilarious GIFs. Yeah, but I, you, I wouldn't be able to get a GIF of this because it hasn't aired, so there are no GIFs available. Mm. Uh, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> you amused by the way I say yeah. gif it's the way you, um, you, with a real flourish yeah with a flourish a gif um, anyway so yes the so I can I can confirm what Boydie said the other week that uh, U season 4 part 2 is just brilliant uh, we did a U season 4 part 1 spoiler special on last week's Pilot Plus if you're interested in listening to that but we will do another one for part 2 uh, in the coming weeks we had a complaint actually oh did we yes just as I came yes well not really a complaint just as we came in um, I checked Twitter and someone had said that they had been excitingly waited, awaiting the um, next cultural exchange between us. Yes. Yeah, James and I, what happened to the latest cultural exchange? This is from Chris Daly. Um, was waiting for Kay and Boy to watch In the Pale Moonlight. I wasn't. Um, and give you some Bake Off to watch. Love the you spoiler, but what happened to the cultural exchange? Yes, I have apologised to this person on Twitter. I said, no, 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 calm down. It'll be, in the next, <laughs> it'll be in the next episode. So we should point out, this is, again, for those of you who don't subscribe to Pilot Plus, I apologise if we're going to be brief. Uh, but we... Uh, <laughs> Uh, Kay and Boyd will be watching Deep Space Nine episode In the Pale Moonlight oh, for this week's Pilot Plus. And I will be watching what? What will I be watching? Because you've yet to tell me. Wait, so, we're doing it this week? We're doing it this week. You have to watch In the Pale Moonlight tonight for tomorrow when we record. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. Both I of you do. also have to watch Luther. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because yeah. we're reviewing Luther as well. Uh, but you need to tell me what I need to watch. What am I watching, Kay? The two of you need to come <laughs> up with something. What is oh, it? Yeah. Um, Last okay. time I watched The Traitors, how do you top that? No, the thing is we can't. So either we go for something I think you might like. That would be preferred, yes. Or like something what? that, like, I don't know, like, should we do Bake Off? Do we do Pottery Throwdown? Do we do something where he's going to get emotional and cry, which I quit, enjoy? <laughs> or do we do something um, that he's obviously going to hate, like the Kardashians? Like, I, I don't no, I, I don't feel that would end well for anyone. No, exactly. So You could do hmm. Bake Off, one of the celebrity ones. There's a oh, couple yes. of celebrity ones with people he likes. Like they did, didn't we, in fact, didn't we do... I never watched it. I know Daisy, Daisy Ridley was on Daisy one of Ridley, them. Daisy Ridley, yeah. Oh, you yeah. didn't watch that one? I haven't seen it, no. We could do that yeah, one. Daisy do Ridley Off. from Star Wars. So Celebrity Bake Off. Yes. Yeah, I wonder which episode it was. Hold on. I'm uh, sure I can find, find it. out. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there was also one with Richard Dreyfus on it, believe it or not. I mean, okay. the, no, some do of the, the Daisy Ridley one, I think. So, the Daisy Ridley Bake Off, that's going to be my challenge. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I can do that. Was she on I should with... have given this more thought. I'm trying to think if there's anything better we should get him to watch. Okay, we're going to do this again at some point, right? So, just for now, yeah. Daisy Ridley, Baking in the Tent. Right. Okay, that is what I shall be watching for this week's Pilot Plus Cultural Exchange. Um, shall we have a listener question? Mm. Oh yeah, you haven't told us about this. I well, haven't prepared. told you about this, or indeed prepared one, but I'm oh, going to pull this one bloody triage out of the post bag right here, right <sighs> now. And it comes from Mark, and it's quite long. Hi. Hi, Mark. Hi, Mark. <laughs> Hi, Mark. <laughs> Carnival Row. Adja- no. Carnival, no, sorry. I'm out. I'm, out. Yeah, we're out. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> Carnival Row adjacent question yeah. slash observation for the pod. Hopefully that gets James's attention during his triage. I don't think I didn't notice the passive aggressive quote marks around the word triage. Yeah. Uh, Everyone I, thinks it's a stupid like it's just there is no system. Mark says, I know Carnival Row is not adapted from a source and was written specifically for TV. But every time I hear it described, it puts me in mind of Robert Kirkman's ongoing comic series Saga, although it might just be that one of the races has wings. But it has very similar layered themes where it tackles oppression and racism. Given Saga's success and awards, I'm sure that companies will have looked to pick it up for adapting, but I think I read Kirkman has so far resisted. It's fairly dense and visually wild, so it might be considered 
rendered almost unfilmable, but I'd love to see if it could be given a similar treatment to Arcane, who of course did enjoy Arcane. Is there a chance that Carnival Row came about as an idea because a creative somewhere looked at Saga and thought, we can't make Saga, but let's try to do something like it? This is actually, we haven't even got to his question I mean, yet. Right, but can I just you say, two can, don't know what no, Saga right, is, can, can I just no. say something, right? Mark, I love where you're going with this. I mean, I do love you? all the, Well, you as in, When no, you say you love it, you, what you mean is you don't like where it's going. Well, no, I like his thorough... You know, his thorough question, he's leading up to a good question, I can feel it. However, what I would say is, I don't think James should be allowed to be in charge of the triage slash the questions anymore yeah. because he's purposely chose something, a show that he knows that I don't watch. Probably, it's, I don't know, Boy, do you no, watch it? Yeah. It's not a show. It's a question. Carnival it's not even a question about a show. It's Carnival a question Ro- about a book and a novel. It's a show. Carnival, so, Carnival Row, so, so Saga is a comic of Robert Kirkman oh. who wrote the comic of The Walking Dead. Do not Dead. repeat it. Uh, do not repeat that. And one of the characters has wings. So, so anyway, what was he getting at? What's the is the question? Oh, so the actual question? The actual yeah. question. The actual question. So we won't get too tied up in the saga stuff. Though I would like to see saga adapted. It'd be very mm. interesting. Uh, more general question regarding adaptations for TV. Does the pod have any source material you love, which you'd be really wary about seeing going on screen, or like The Last of Us? Till you saw it, are there any adaptations you've heard or in the works where you're thinking, please don't fuck this up? Love the pod. Keep up the great work. Thanks, Mark. No. Um, my only answer would have been Daisy Jones and the Six because that was a book I really loved. And you worried that they might fuck I it up. I did. I really did. But then, like I said in the pod or the plus, as soon as I knew that Reese Witherspoon was involved and she's a massive like bookworm and she covered it and she was a big fan of the show and Taylor Jenkins Reid was involved. As soon as I knew that was all in place, I was like, I could relax a bit. And then now we've watched it. I really liked it. So that was an example I would have cited, but it's a moot point now. So hopefully that answered no questions but do you have any things that you love loads yes that you that, that worry you like if someone said we're doing a Yiddish policeman's union yeah that's, that's the example I always give oh, fine, <laughs> to yeah. any regular listeners of the show or no. That was supposed to be a film by the Cohen brothers. The Yiddish Police Union, one of my favourite novels of all time by uh, Michael Chabon, who is... Was, Indeed. Was he even showrunner? He, he, was, he was a showrunner of Picard, yeah. yes. Unbelievable. It's an absolute masterpiece of a, of, a, of a novel. And it was supposed to be a film. And then I think it was going to be a miniseries. In fact, still may be being... I was, about, I was just literally looking it up as you said that, funnily enough. It is... I would be wary, but equally excited at the same time. Yeah. Because it's, it would take a big budget because it's it to this extraordinary, dense kind of alternative world, almost like on a kind of Blade Runner level of a of a of a world envisioned of a of a separate Zion for Jewish people, uh, as opposed to the actual Israel that it, that, that of course exists. And no, I'm not. I always give things a chance. I always think I get quite excited by the idea of a, of a favourite book or or whatever mm. being adapted. To be honest, yeah. I mean remakes. You know, I mean, back to Forty Towers. You know, I mean, we're all terrified <laughs> about that. Just because you know enough about the 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 context, you know enough about what John Cleese has become, yeah. so to speak, with all due respect <laughs> to the great man. Um, but he's got a show, he's going to have a show on GB News. I mean, you know, what can enough you say? Said. Yeah, in those reboot examples, there's and even then. I'm always very purist in like we have to wait till you see it. You know, maybe somehow Cleese and his daughter will stumble upon a genius no. way of reviving the greatest comedy in history of television. Not. Maybe. Maybe not, but no. you have to allow it's a possibility. The odds may be like one percent K, but it's possible they're gonna that it will work. It's just possible. I'm, listen, how about we have a wager? Oh no, because I don't. I don't. I personally assume it's going to be in the complete disaster. <laughs> but but there is a chance. There's a chance. There's, you know the book that I that has never been turned into. I think maybe was there a cheapo version of the 50s? I don't think so. Um, the Catcher in the Rye, which is one of mm. it's probably my second favorite novel of all time. It's highbrow, boy. 
I'm Catching Your Eyes is a very one of the most readable books in history. Um, Not many dragons prefer... in it, though, are there? No dragons. It's in Kill it, a Mockingbird. No. Yes, it, it's in that. But it's mm. a very, very brilliant, absolutely brilliantly readable book with the, vo- the voice of its main character. But that. You would be terrified if that turned into a film, and I think I'm not, I think probably J.D. Salinger's estate is like you can't maybe or something like that. I don't know. You're not allowed to turn it into a film because it's odd in one level there hasn't been an attempt recently to turn it into a film because it's such a such an iconic um, novel. But because when it's all about a vo- the inner, inner voice of the character, the whole that whole book is told through his in his inner voice. It's in a monologue, effectively. You know, it's like how do you how do you transfer that to the screen apart from having lot a lot of uh, voiceover like in you. <laughs> you know, you mm. is like the Catcher in the Rye of psychotic serial killer thrillers. That's not bad. I don't think you, you know what I mean? Like, I think it could It's not work. bad. It could, yeah. But, you know, but you'd be fascinated. 1%, to see Boyd, it. remember? 1%. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I'm sticking to it. I'm sticking by it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you actually. I the thing that worried me the most was actually The Last of Us. That was that was mm. that, oh, yeah, that. We know, we remember. Yeah, that scared the yeah. shit out of me because I have such. Didn't an, for weeks I before. didn't. I have such an emotional attachment to that story that I worried that they, they would screw up. And the fact that they they succeeded beyond my wildest expectations is a delight to me. Mm. Uh, that is not always the case. Preacher is a comic I really liked, and I found the TV show quite disappointing. The Preacher, it was fine. It was okay. It wasn't terrible, but I didn't finish it. It was a bit um, try hard, wasn't it? Was a bit yeah. try hard. Yeah, it didn't really get on with that I think American Gods is not a a novel that I love but oh, I don't I mean that went off the rails yeah, quite spectacularly was, was, as well yeah. um, so and Sandman Sandman I worried that they would scrub Sandman Sandman actually mm, adapted really really well so no they did not Spoidy <laughs> as you were listening last week and Sanjeev Baskar called you out oh, yeah. for saying that it Brilliant. was a fair bit enough. like it was a bit budget BBC and he was like it absolutely isn't that yeah, fair correct. enough yeah, I would um, yeah uh, like I I'm things for me it'd be so the Wheel of Time I, I wasn't that worried about because Wheel of Time I, I you know I enjoy the Wheel of Time I've read all of the Wheel of Time but I don't have that massive emotional connection to it so if they fuck it up I'm like whatever Game of Thrones concerned me because I loved those books <laughs> and I was a little concerned about that turned out okay it did turn out alright they might have done alright there uh, so no like there are lots of books I'd like to see done I'd like to see The Sparrow adapted apparently it is being adapted God knows when we'll ever see it uh, Naomi Alderman's The Power which is mm. imminent very imminent we'll be reviewing mm. that in a couple of weeks I have not seen any episodes of that yet although I know they have been circulating and that makes me a little nervous. I think I mentioned on the show, like from the trailer, I'm a little concerned that they'll lose some of what made the book what it was. But I could be wrong and I've actually heard good things about the show. So uh, maybe they'll... So I, I guess you always have a little bit of nerves if there's a thing you love. Because as I've said with Star Wars, the problem with it is, oh no, but it doesn't It doesn't affect that you already love it. And I'm like, it does because it is... Yes, that's, that's oh, no, how they it say it. <laughs> hey, I'm saying, I'm saying, it's the pissing in the pool thing. It's like, yes, you yeah. still have the pool, but now there's piss in it. You know, it's like... <laughs> Oh, it's like, what it's a lovely image. What a lovely analogy. It is. You've still got your swimming pool. No one can take your swimming pool away, but there's urine in your pool. Oh, and you God. you know, that's not coming out. And so I do think that there is a problem with that, that you can you can ruin something by adding shit to it. God, shit and piss in a pool. <laughs> James, what kind of swimming pools are you going to? Also, if you need the loo, go before you go into the pool. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. But no, there's nothing at the moment that I'm I'm super sort of nervy about. And I, with, I'm with Boyd. Like, I'm normally just very excited when something I love is going to come to TV. And I think because we live in an age where so many great TV shows exist and more great TV shows are coming all the time. It's not like 20 years ago when you'd be like, oh God, they're going to cock this up enormously. Hmm. You actually think, do you know what? There's a really good chance they'll do this. You know what? Robin Hobbs books, which start with Assassin's Apprentice, her Realm of the Elderlings saga. That is one... (laughs) 
that would make me a little bit nervous. <laughs> Could, give us give us some of the character names from this. <laughs> that Fitzchivalry Farseer. Oh Excellent. Is yeah. the main character. Excellent. He has a talking wolf called Night Eyes. Although it's not talking technically wolf. talking, mm-hmm. he has the wit, so he is able to hear when the wolf speaks and he can speak to the wolf. But other people can't speak to the wolf. The wolf does not generally talk. God. No. Just Verity no. Farseer. Another one. Yeah. Mm, not funny enough yet. And no. most of them like really. Uh... Well, no, they said they, a lot of them have like, so the royal family, they have names based on virtue. So it's King Shrewd, Prince no. Regal. No, no, these aren't funny uh, at all. And then a lot of the characters have no. names like Starling. Not only is it not Bolt. funny, but now you've started him up. Mm. Yeah, so. they have no, nouns no. for names. A lot yeah. of them have nouns for no, names. Okay. okay. Mm. Yeah. Cool. It's no, the characters from like, uh, you know, what was the, the uh, Carnival Row? Quite funny, aren't they? Uh, well, I mean, Why a little bit. Why would you go back to Carnival Row? Sorry, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, they're not. I mean, what's, you know, they're just a bit sort of like uh, folksy. Mm, yeah, that's that's what you want. That's oh, what okay. we need. You want yeah. folksy now. Yeah, folksy now. Anyway, I don't know if we've answered that question. Sorry, Mark. Uh, we've answered something. We've answered something. Yeah. We've said some th- words. Maybe they yeah. made sense. Maybe they didn't. Yeah. Uh, if you would like your question considered for the Pilot TV postbag on either this or Pilot Plus, do send it to us via the DMs on Twitter at Pilot TV Pod or via Instagram at Pilot TV Pod as well or to me directly on Instagram at James C. Dyer and we shall see where the chips fall. <laughs> Should we have a guest? That's my guest. Yeah. It's time for Neil Cross. Neil Cross, who has written a great many things that you'll know, uh, from contributing to Spooks to Doctor Who, Boy D. Yep. Doctor Who. Yes. Uh, to the sadly departed Hard Sum, which I really enjoyed. But he is best known as the writer and creator of TV's surliest detective, DCI John Luther. Uh, and Luther himself returned, well, last week, to be honest, landing in cinemas with spin-off movie Luther the Fallen Sun. And I took that opportunity to pin down Neil, not literally, and talk to him about the big man himself. Welcome to the Pilot TV Podcast. It's a pleasure to have you on here. I must say, I have been slightly obsessed with Luther uh, since it first aired in 2010 uh, for a variety of reasons. But I was, uh, I think what, what kind of crystallised it for me is the BBC Writers Room website, which, and a delightful surprise, has most of, if not all of, the scripts for Luther on there, uh, which I was delighted to see. And I kind of went back and I looked at the first episode and the way you introduce Luther in that first episode, when you describe him as like eyes that burn with lunacy and murder, the light ah. of madness in Luther's eyes, vengeance personified, which I got to be honest, is a hell of a way to introduce your lead detective. Well, I, I can't tell you what a, a surprise and a pleasure it is to discuss the actual script <laughs> and, and having, hearing that recited back to me um, fills me with kind of slight envy for my uh, youthful ebullience. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of, there's no restraint or apology in, the, in that script, is there? Yeah. Uh, it's a good resource for the BBC Writers Room, I think. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a delight to have it up there, but it's just the idea of introducing him that way I thought was incredible. And like, you know, and then of course to drop a guy down into a kind of a big vat thing, like, like what, what was going through your mind when you did that? Were you trying to make a statement? Was it like you were trying to show people this was something that they maybe hadn't seen before? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, I'm kind of, I'm, I like my entertainment to be uh, singular and uh, operatic, as it were. And I used to, you know, I, I used to write novels. That I, and I always thought for a long time, really before Luther, I used to think of uh, novelists as being my primary profession. And bizarrely, and uh, in retrospect, counterintuitively, the novels were kind of if reviewed for anything at all, were noted for their kind of psychological miniaturism, as it were. Uh, but I always, when it came to TV, I, I like shows with a theme tune. I like shows with a, a strong identity and a, a strong sense of the kind of 
created world, however kind of, however absurd it is within its own parameters, that as long as you establish those parameters and stick to them, um, you know, uh, so, you know, I'd love, for instance, I don't know if you remember Callan. Callan is one of my all-time favorite television shows. There's a lot of Columbo that went into Luther. Yeah. Um, so much of the stuff that I like, you know, Doctor Who, there's a lot, there's a, a wildly disproportionate amount of Doctor Who in Luther, which goes a, a bit unacknowledged. But, you that know, interests it, me. That really interests me. I hadn't picked that up at all. Yeah, so I, I think of Luther as being essentially, um, as well as being kind of a, a, a bit of a, a bit of a wolverine in sheep's clothing. It, it's not really a procedural. It's more of a, a monster of the week show, I think. And I, I, didn't, I didn't quite, quite have the courage, I think, all the way through season one to, to essay that. But that's really what it is to me. It's a monster of the week show. With a, with a, with a kind of hero in the middle of it. A yeah. proper hero whose eyes burn with <laughs> but it's funny you mentioned that because I've and I don't think I picked this up in season one, but I think as season as the seasons have gone on, it's I felt that this is less a crime show and more like a dark urban fantasy. But instead of vampires and werewolves, you have like twisted sadistic serial killers. But it feels like this is a parallel reality rather than the one we live in. Do you think that's fair? That that's exactly so. It was it was important to me if given the opportunity that the show takes place in a world which is kind of psychologically defined by, you know, by the gravitational well, which is its central character, which is Idris Elba. But uh, it's not and was never intended to be uh, a realistic portrayal of everyday London. It's very much a kind of a, a London of my imagination. And that in itself owes a lot to kind of all the way back to Ealing comedies and Jekyll and Hyde and Minder and Madness videos. And it's all a, it's all a kind of uh, a London that never probably really existed that we leaned into. And, uh, and yeah, it kind of uh, enjoyed mythologizing the territory. Yeah, because it feels like they are monsters in this. And as the season goes on, they seem to get more and more acute as we go along. Is there an element of exorcism to this? Like you're almost like probing your darkest sort of fears and manifesting them through the show. Oh, that's, that's my terrible See, when I, when I first did a, my, my first ever print interview, which was for a novel, uh, the journalist was a young woman who we had the interview in a pub uh, somewhere in, uh, somewhere in Belgravia. And we were talking about the kind of the extreme violence in this novel that I'd written. And halfway through the interview, she relaxed and sent a text. And the text was to her husband, who had come to the pub to chaperone her and was in the corner because she assumed she was meeting a psychopath. And uh, the, uh, the, the truth of all of these stories, and I think probably the truth which kind of underwrites every properly scary story that exists is that at some level the writer is writing about what frightens what what they're scared someone else is going to do to them someone they love not what they would like to do to someone else so it's very much my own personal hobgoblins well that's good i'm also reassuring so thank you for that. 
but you're safe. You're quite safe. I'm, I'm safe. At the end of my Zoom call, I am safe. Um, <laughs> but like, but genuinely, like, there's so much about this, and I think weirdly, so one of my favorite all-time favorite TV characters is Vic Mackey from The Shield. I like, I love him unapologetically, and I love the fact that what Sean Ryan does in that first episode is he keeps you on board with Vic, even though he shoots another cop in the face in the pilot episode, which is a hell of a ballsy move. And I guess you kind of do that a little bit in the first episode of this show, where you're like, here's your hero, he's a cop. Watch him murder someone, now stay on board. Like, how do you sell that to the BBC? Like, did you get pushback on that? Um, uh, not really. The BBC were weirdly supportive. I'm also very interested. I'm a huge, huge fan of this year. Oh, amazing. Huge fan. And, and Vic Mackey, I think, is one of the now slightly forgotten masterpieces mm, criminally of so. narrative control of, of, of how to portray... He's not even morally complex. He's a monster. <laughs> yeah. But you're on his side from, from day one. And it's and that that specific aspect aside, because that 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 wasn't inspired by it. But a lot of Luther, the show and the character, was inspired by Vic Mackey. Amazing. Not morally, but what I love about Vic Mackey is that wherever he is, he's always got to be somewhere else. So he, he's on his way to arrest somebody, but, you know, but Lem's off somewhere committing an armed yeah. robbery that he's rescuing from. <laughs> uh, and Vic Mackey's always on the move, like, you know, like, the, like a, a neurotic, panicky shark. Uh, so, yeah, um, it, it's one of my great influences. But the, the amazing thing about, uh, there's a guy called Ben Stevenson who was at the BBC at the time. And I kind of did this unapologetic pitch about, at the time, most crime dramas on, on, on the BBC were essentially ensemble shows in the wake of CSI. I'd been working on a spy show called Spooks, and I kind of left because I'd, I'd told my spy stories. I'd, I'd run out of tradecraft. I couldn't work out, you know. I, <laughs> I was out of dead drops. I didn't know any other dead drops. Uh, and they, the BBC, were interested in, in a return to the kind of titular hero. And, and I had this idea, but I said, but look, it's going to be, it, it, it's going to be on the darker side of things. And in fact, the BBC, um, they, they owned it and they leaned into it and celebrated it. God bless them. I had, a, them. I had a nice email after the second season went out. I think it was, I don't, I, I'm not an archivist in my own head, but I, th- I think it was the second story in the second season that the Daily Telegraph of all papers, uh, gave us a review which said that it was the most frightening thing ever to appear on mainstream television. <laughs> and, they, uh, uh, and they said it by way of approval. And I got a very lovely email from the BBC saying, you know, are you aware that you've smuggled a horror show onto primetime BBC work? Yeah, 100%. I would say like of all of them, like where you get to with this one, like Roby is, I mean, it's there's quite the rogues gallery. And I will say that the the top deck bus sequence remains like nightmare fuel for probably most of London but you know so you got a lot to answer for but Roby is kind of a cut above you know it says that surely like I don't know where where you could possibly go from there I don't know how you get worse than this it feels like you may have peaked with this one (laughs) uh, it's really really nice of you to say so because that that I like to set challenges to myself to that effect and but I agree I mean it's uh it, it was one thing to 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 unpeel my own psychoses like a tangerine and, and kind of dig Roby out from the middle of it. Um, but however, I always write 
the, the, the bad guys on the page as close to a character in a novel as I can. And I worked hard on Roby and Netflix, God bless them, pushed me harder to, to round him out, to make him more real, to make him more human. So there was, there was a lot of work that went into getting Roby right. Um, and then Andy Serkis stepped in behind his eyes. And the whole thing, it was, it was like nuclear fission. It was extraordinary. Um, and I, Andy has said several times, he hesitated to do the role because after reading the script the first time, he wanted to have a shower, um, which I, again, I take as a perverse kind of compliment. Uh, but he, he needed, it's part of his process, process or however we say it, it's part of his process that he needs to understand the humanity of a character. And, and that's what makes him you know, such an extraordinary actor. Uh, but Andy's grasp of what makes Roby human is what makes Roby such an extraordinary monster. Uh, and I, I find him frightening. Yeah. I mean, he scared the shit out of me. <laughs> but, <laughs> but then all the characters have, and actually, like going back just to that first season, your first villain, which is, of course, Alice Morgan. And when you came up with Luther, when you conceptualized this character, did he come prepackaged with Alice or did she come later because they're perfect foils because they're both so complex like he's got this strong sense of justice he's very very emotional but he'll happily cross over a line he is what I guess D&D players would call chaotic good and then you've got her being completely and utterly not evil but devoid of morals completely amoral Luther is a chaotic good paladin <laughs> excellent yes. I've never been able to express it quite that articulately before but that's precisely <laughs> what he is and I'm going to be using that for the rest of my life now brilliant quite right. there's a there's a really big correlation between D&D and screenwriting an awful lot of screenwriters you spoke D&D me included uh, but the answer is no no I, I kind of I knew that I wanted there to be uh it, it was an episodic, it was like a sea story antagonist. And I was very inspired by which I mean I was going to steal an idea uh, from a book by Mo Hader, who, who died recently, who was a really good crime writer. Who wrote Bird, Birdman? Yeah, yeah. I was going to nick an idea from that. There was a character called Penderecki that the main character was obsessed with because Penderecki was a pedophile who he thought killed his brother 30 years ago. I was going to steal exactly that thing, but I really like the idea that there's a copper and some old man accused of some old crime that were involved in this, you know. Um, and it, it, it's kind of quite weird going back now and excavating the bones and remembering the old ideas and the acts of theft that I was going to uh, perpetrate and whatnot. And again, the BBC turned around as, you know, they liked, they liked the script, they liked a bunch of stuff, or they liked the outlines. I wrote some outlines for the first time in my life. Uh, and they said, but we don't like this, this relationship. We think that whoever this character is, it should be a woman. And for some re reason, it just went ping. And um, as happens all too infrequently in my job, Alice just came to life immediately. And I knew who she was and I knew what she looked like. And um, I have, of all the people I've ever written on screen or on page or whatever, I've got a very, very peculiar relationship with Alice because. She is more real to me. Or well, she comes, she, Luther is in some ways easy for me because clearly he's a part of myself. He's a much better part of myself. He's the, he's the part of myself that would do the right thing were I not such a moral coward. Uh, I am, in fact, the person, you know, who would, who would uh, hide beneath the sofa when the bad guys break in. 
But there's a lot. I, I don't quite understand my relationship with Alice because she's much more clever than me. She's much more witty than me. And the thing which really troubles, genuinely troubles me sometimes in the dark watches of the night at four o'clock in the morning is that she knows things that I don't. So I'll, I'll be writing Alice stuff and she'll say something. And I then have to go and look it up to confirm that it's right. Wow. It's a very, very bizarre relationship that she and I have. That's a sign of a great character, isn't it? When they take on a life of their own almost beyond the author. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. And I and I can, you know, um writing Alice is I I, I can write a, a kind of twenty page Alice scene in a morning because she just comes naturally to me. Amazing. Well, Neil, I have run out of time. I would say thank you very much indeed. Uh it has been a pleasure to have you on the show. Oh, it's an enormous pleasure. I hope some of that made sense and I didn't sound too mad. Absolutely. I will live forever with Luther in my mind now as a chaotic good paladin. That is it. That is it's it. changed my life. It's genuinely life-changing moment. <laughs> Fantastic. Thanks, Neil. Nice to meet you. Too. That was Neil Cross. And let's have some news. What have we got, Boydie? Well, uh, this is, a lot of people um, alerted me to this news which broke earlier today on Tuesday, Thursday, the 2nd of March, um, as we're recording this, which is that, the, as predicted by me <laughs> and others, Frasier, the Frasier revival, yes. will feature a guest appearance from B.B. Neuwith mm-hmm. as Lilith, his uh, Frasier's ex-wife. As, and I, would, I think a few weeks ago I said, you know, if one character is going to come back, I believe I said it would be her. You did. And it's, I'm very delighted and pleased that, that she will be coming back. We don't have an estimated... We don't have a date yet for when it's going to arrive on the Paramount Plus, but we did. I did get an email today, so offering you know, saying you know, if you want to, if you want to interview anyone, yes, yes, boys, yes. Like, yes, absolutely, um, everyone, thanks, Nicholas Lindhurst, Nicholas Lindhurst, particularly. Um, so it's very, very exciting. Yes, I too am very excited to watch this spin-off of a show. See, I'm I've never nervous. Watched. I'm nervous. You've never watched, watched Frasier. Yeah, well, you never watched Frasier. To be fair, I've watched. At lying. least one episode, because for, for when we did our Funny or Dire segment, you had me watch uh, yeah. the Ham Radio episode. Yes. So I've definitely watched that one. Your bit was brilliant. It was good, yes, yeah. it was good. Yeah. yeah. Slash brilliant. <laughs> glaring at me, like, with, like, absolute incredulity. Yeah, there's so many things to process there. You hadn't watched Frasier, and then yeah. the, the what, was, what was that segment? What, the funny or Dire. Have you never heard of Funny or Dire? Did you do that Remember on Kay the live? Kay not only didn't listen to the podcast, <laughs> I ref- she actively, <laughs> actively despised yeah. the very listen, thought of it. She refused to acknowledge it. I yeah. refuse. I mean, I said this before. I refused to not only listen to the podcast. Anytime yeah. James and Boyd would talk about it yeah. in, my, in my, you know, near me, I you would walk me. away. Yeah. I was furious. It was a basic binge of uh, fury, which I won't go into now. But we were, you know, cutting our prime, and I was just very angry and bitter about it. And to be honest, I still am. Fair enough. <laughs> and it took me a long time for you to convince me to. Um, mm. You know, do a couple of Jose covers. Yeah. And I did that with a promise of biscuits, which I never delivered. Yes. On. Do you know what, right? When uh, last year, James said to me, Look, will you do some holiday cover? Beth's on holiday. Can you come in? And I said, No, I won't, because, you know, I hate everything to do with the podcast because you ruined my life with my podcast. And he said, Oh, no, come on, come on. And he was very persistent. And I thought, mm, And I said, Okay, I'll do it. This once on the proviso, you feed me snacks. I want some like sweets. I want anyone who listened to Basic Pinterest will know that Boyd once bought us a Pat, was cake. it Pat Val cake? cake yeah. Delicious. Yeah. Give me some food. He said, Yeah, 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 I will. Oh, yeah. Did he fuck? No. Full, of, full, of, full of big words. Yeah, yeah. giving yeah. it the big chat. Giving it the big one. I, I still owe, I still owe, owe some. Yeah, some... Uh, patisserie Valerie cake. That's what you owe us. Yeah. 
it's and, I, and I will go on about it till I get it out. That's, anyone, fair. That's yeah. fair. Okay, how's, this, how's this start? Oh yeah, Fraser. Yeah, Fraser. Anyway, there was a segment called Funny or Dire, quite mm. quite cleverly named, in which we because because James is so stupid when it comes to comedies, <laughs> TV comedies, even though he quite comedy suddenly, moron. Like, he loves um, what's the, the Red Dwarf, you know that. Oh, that God. Yeah. Okay, um, but he can't cope with like actually some of the best comedies ever, like Frasier, and we forced him to watch an episode of Frasier, which was brilliant. Yeah, they would each week. I would have to watch an episode of a, of a show, yeah. and report back. Have you ever watched Only Fools and Horses? Yes. Okay, fine. I was, I was going for very basic Did stuff. Faulty Towers. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I love Faulty Towers. You love Faulty Towers, yeah. Yeah. There's nothing yeah. if not inconsistent. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, so Frasier, coming soon. Very exciting. Yeah. Frasier coming soon. More, so that's an example, isn't it, of a show there where initially I was like, oh no, don't revive Frasier. Mm. You, know, you know, we just don't need it. Um, but now I'm kind of on board. Now well, I'm I think excited. that's, I mean, for me, having Lilith on board yeah. is very I mean, only reassuring. Guest, only a guest appearance. Yeah, but still, but yeah. I mean, the fact yeah, she no. wants to be, you know, in yeah. it. Yeah. It's promising. Lilith and Nikki Linhurst. Other news is theatre news. Oh, you know um, what this is? Illegal I have no idea. Yeah, How James come, looks very. Uh, here's your start of a ten. Shocked. How come there's big theatre news that I'm going to include in the pilot? I mean, now though we cover oh, the film, know. so we cover the loop of film. So why not cover theatre as well? Does it involve Russell Tovey? No, no, <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> All avoiding <laughs> news involves Russell Tovey. <laughs> Does it involve... Did you know that Neil Cross wrote The Sister, starring yes. Russell Tovey, based yes. on his novel, yes. Buried? Oh. Yes. Yeah. Which we reviewed on this very show. What is the theatre news, Boyd? The theatre news, Kay, I'm glad you asked, mm. is that Stranger Things what? is coming to the West End. Yes, that is true. As eighth play. That is That true. is a legitimate news because it's TV crossover. Exactly. Thank mm-hmm. you very much. A, spa- a stage play spin-off of the wildly popular series with well- how its world premiere, the Phoenix Theatre merely round the corner from where we're recording this very podcast. The play is rooted in the mythology of the Netflix show, was written by Stranger Things writer and co-exec producer Kate Trefri, if I've pronounced that correctly, for an original story by the Duffer Brothers and Jack Thorne. It's got Jack Thorne's imprint on it. Oh, and there's no Jack Thorne. Greater, exactly. There's mm-hmm. no greater um, indication of uh, quality, uh, of quality mm-hmm. than Jack Thorne. The production will be held by Tony-winning director Stephen Daldry, no less. Another, yeah? This is like high-end, posh theatrical stuff. And it's going to be set in 1959 in Hawkins um, with a young Jim Hopper, Joyce Maldonado, etc. I think it's very exciting. It's a Sonia Fieber production. That's another. She, I mean, she, you know, is responsible for many legendary theatrical things. So it's all, yeah, it's 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 interesting and intriguing and exciting. That is good news. Theatre news. I'm I'm interested to see the Stranger Things production. Mm. Here's here's some other news for you. Yeah, Tom Hiddleston is going to be back on the reception desk as the night manager in season two. Yes. And I didn't think that was going to happen. The funny thing, you're right, and the funny thing about that story is, how many years ago is it since the oh night God, manager? so many. What, yeah. is, it, is it five? Before, before oh, lockdown, it's more than right? that. So it's like... Is it six years? I mean, it, it's pre-pilot, I would say. Oh, definitely pre-pilot. Yeah. I think 2017, I'm guessing. Close, but no cigar. <laughs> we started in 2018. Is it 2016? It's 2016. Wow, wow 2007 that's a years. I mean, if it, they did it with Happy Valley, yeah. But this is second eight Happy Valley. In and I remember at the time I hosted a Q and A for this show in 2016, <laughs> and I remember them saying in the Q and A, "Oh yeah, we'd like we'd like to do another series." Yeah. And I think it was before John Le Carre died as well. Mm. And I think their hope was that he could be on board with whatever, and they'd check with him. They'd come up with their own story, I think, pretty much. But he, they would make sure he was approved of it because he wrote the original novel, of mm. course. Um, and it's fantastic. And I love The Night Manager. Yeah, it it was phenomenal. It was absolutely brilliant. I you only watched one app. You know, of course you did. I, but not for Is it other... on your list? <laughs> Below The Last of Us? No, it's above that. Um, <laughs> no, I only not for any reason. I was just busy. But now that you've reminded me of it, I'm going to go back. 
Well, this second season will once again be written by David Farr and it's going to shoot later this year. That's so, exciting. Yeah. That's genuinely exciting news. Kay, are you a fan of Billions? Not to mention it's spin-offs. Trillions and Millions squillions. and squillions. <laughs> <laughs> mm, no, I wouldn't say a huge fan. Why? Uh, well, because Damien Lewis is oh, returning like... <gasps> for like Billions Season 7. Hmm. Yeah. That's good for Billions fans. Yeah, I, I, I didn't finish Billions Season 1, so I don't really know or care what happens in Billions Season 7. But Damien Lewis, who had departed, is returning. So that's a bit of news. That's an incentive. That's an incentive to watch the seventh season of Billions in advance of trillions, millions, and indeed squillions. (laughs) Um, Some news from me. Sad, well, bad news in terms of something being axed. Channel 4's I Hate You, which starred Sex Education's Tanya Reynolds, is going after just one series. Now, Boyd, you might remember it because I think you watched it. It followed two flatmates, Charlie and Becca, played by Tanya Reynolds and Melissa Saint, as they navigated their 20s in London. Oh, yeah. I have to say, and it was, um, I think it was created by Robert Popper. I have to say, it isn't a surprise, but it's always sad, obviously, to hear when a comedy is axed. Um, But in slightly better news, Joshua Jackson, in fact, Joshua Jackson news... Um, there should be a klaxon or something. Can you make a sound for that? This is, this is, this is uh, I don't know, like a Joshua Jackson alarm. Yeah. Okay. Right, just imagine it. Ooga! <laughs> Joshua Jackson and Lizzie Kaplan are taking on the iconic roles of Alex Forrest and Dan Gallagher, made famous by Glenn Close and Michael Douglas, mm-hmm. in Fatal Attraction Reimagination. So, yeah, it's happening. Paramount Plus is launching the series of the same name on the 30th of April with three seri- episodes, followed by a weekly release on Sundays for the remaining five apps. And I'm excited, although, guys... I've seen the picture of him and it was a side profile, so I hope I'm wrong. But I'm worried about his hair. <laughs> You're worried about wor- Joshua Jackson's yeah, hair? Oh, I know what you mean. I've seen yeah, the, the, the poster. Yes, the poster. It looks weird. It does look weird. He looks less hot. And I know it's not about that, guys, before you start, you know, whatever, the art. But <laughs> he was always my number one. And like, I just saw the picture and I was like, mm, no, don't sweep it back. Pacey it's- is your wit attainment. Oh, my mm. God. I love Pacey. That's a good joke. I don't think I have enough credit for that. All right. Thanks. Have run of course. <laughs> no, don't humour him. That wasn't worth a clap. Um, but yeah, so I'm a bit worried about his hair, but excited to see it. I mean, this is another example, isn't it? Paramount doing all of their like uh, all of their existing films. Yeah. You know, they did American mm. Gigolo. Yeah, yeah. Which I quite liked. A lot of people thought it was pathetic, <laughs> but I quite liked it. Um, it will be interesting to see what they do with Fatal Attraction, which is. I kind of think they don't shouldn't do it. But well, exactly. But but you know, it's got Josh again, Jackson. We, we in, give so, it. Yeah. yeah, we'll see how it goes. The other recommission we got to mention the Traitors itself. <gasps> yes. Yes. Was this ever in doubt? No. No, it wasn't, wasn't James. confirmed but until and Monday. Now it's right. a moment of excitement. Yeah. Yes, that's what I meant to mention. Season yeah. two is upon us. I well, I thought we'd meant to mention it. Well, so many people, after I mean, they, hearing you talk about it, said, and they heard the news. They were tweeting saying, mm. "Of course, James must, James must go on it." And I was like, "I should yes. be applying to join the lineup of the yeah. traitors." It's, it's I mean, fine. I've, I've written to them. I put you. I put you. I put you up for it. I've, I've uh, messaged Claudia, and we'll see. One hundred percent. Bring him on. Yeah, I think you'd be good. I mean, would I be able to top the red breakfast or whatever it was called? Who knows? You've got to wait till the end of the episode. Um, while we're just chit-chatting, can I just say one more thing to one of the listeners who wanted us to do more foreign dramas? Just to say, I haven't ignored you. I have been trying to research the upcoming Walter Presents shows that are worth doing. I know BBC, like all the different platforms do them, but I was just starting with Walter Presents and I hadn't heard back from the, I chased and chased, hadn't heard back from the PR. And another PR, Channel 4 PR, had said to me, oh, if you want, if you don't hear back, I can just contact Walter. And I thought that was a step too far. <laughs> so, but the PR, the original PR has got back to me now and and so I will, in the background, start on my mission of watching some more foreign dramas. 
Okay, mm. good. Not strictly news, but yeah, it's fine. Um, it's, it's news to the listener who yeah, asked, true. so actually no, that, that's true. Speaking of absolute shit shows, Dune, the sister... <laughs> James, unbelievable. That was a valid, that was it was. A valid no, bit it's, of it's, news valid, for the notice board. It was, it was, it was like more of an FYI, I would say, yeah. than news, but it's good, it's good. No, I was saying Dune, the sister, obviously Dune, the, the film that I'm most excited about this year, Dune Part 2, but the spin-off series Dune, the sisterhood is having a bit of a shocking time at the moment so uh, its director Johan Renk has departed over shall we say uh, creative differences but more upsetting than that is Shirley Henderson is no longer going to be in the show she's no longer going to be playing Tula Harkonnen and she's gone Oh, why? I don't know. Maybe to do a Babu Freak spin-off show on Disney Plus. I have no idea. Oh, she's the voice of. Uh, she is Babu indeed. Freak, yes. uh, so yeah, I don't know what's happening there. But June the Sisterhood is not having the best time. But more than that, and something we saved the best to last, Robert De Niro, <laughs> yes, is doing a Netflix series yes. called Zero Day. Yes, which is co- which is exec producing as well as starring in. Yeah, I don't think I've, I don't think I've ever seen Robert De Niro is engaged with anything uh, in recent decades, basically, <laughs> as he has with this thing. Um, yeah. Do you want to hear the logline? Yeah, I do. Zero Day asks the question on everyone's mind. How do we find truth in a world in crisis? One seemingly being torn apart by forces outside our control. And in an era rife with conspiracy theory and subterfuge, how much of those forces are products of our own doing, perhaps even of our own imagining? I right. have no idea that what the show is, is right. about. Okay, that's too long. That log line is way too long. <laughs> but also, long. I still don't know what the show's about. No. Yeah, it's that's a, bit, a load of waffle. Yeah. But I'm, expo- you know, excited about the prospect of uh, Bobby. Yeah. Are Bobby. you more excited about that or, or about FUBAR? Um, FUBAR, Arnold Schwarzenegger's yes. first TV show. Yes, the trailer much for which more excited about De Niro. Yeah. What's that, what's I don't that one about, about FUBAR? About it's hard to say, Arnold. but he gets a, like, he gets, he gets, you know, Whacked in the bollocks in the uh, <laughs> as I mentioned on the Empire podcast uh, in the in the little teaser. For how it. unsavory! Yeah, how unsavory! Talking of shows that have gone wrong, I know you meant that to be the last because you subtly said and last but not uh, whatever the yeah, phrase. I yes, thought, I that was a I've hint. decided this is the end. Right. The most one of the most interesting news stories of the week is is about um, the Idol. Did you read about this? Rolling Stone magazine Ooh, yes. has printed a massive article and I, I honestly I can't exaggerate how long this it's online if you Have go you read online I pretty much read it all yeah wow. and it took me about five hours uh, in between work <laughs> talking about uh, how the idol is in turmoil this is the show created by The Weeknd the, uh, the globally Singer. famous pop star yes, James I'm familiar. <laughs> You're familiar are you sure yes. and um, Sam Levinson of Euphoria fame yeah. with Lily Rose Depp as a cult member it's a kind of it's about it's half about as i understand it about a cult a kind of you know um scientology style a uh, bunch of of uh, religious people and rock stars and the weekend plays a rock star who's in a relationship with lily, lily rose depp and this article in um rolling stone alleges that the whole production is a complete disaster without putting too fine a point on it they've fought back I mean you have to read all of the it touches upon all kinds of I mean certainly you know showrunners have gone and Sam Levinson took, wasn't the original supposed to be the original showrunner he completely destroyed revamped rewrote half of the series but then now they say apparently it's just the pilot the first episode that he completely rejigged and rewrote um, it's got an enormous budget like um, I read somewhere somewhere within the thing there's a bit about how the last series of Euphoria Cost something like getting off a hundred million 
dollars, I think, which is, I think about it, Euphoria, which is basically like a high school drama, yeah. you know, albeit with spectacular visuals, etc. But it is that expensive to make that show. The weekend hit back with saying that it's interesting that there's reports in Rolling Stone because there's a little bit of a piss stake of Rolling Stone within the series that one of the characters has a, a photo shoot for Rolling Stone. In fact, I think Lily Rose Depp's character. And there's a bit of dialogue about how who cares about Rolling Stone these days, which is fair enough because probably no one does. But so there, so the weekend's basically accusing them of going, it literally said, did you have a problem? Did we upset you? He said, and Rolling Stone feedback saying, no, you didn't upset us. We're absolutely fine with it. We're just reporting what we've heard from loads of sources They've that got this multiple sources, haven't they? is in turmoil. Yeah. Multiple sources, like dozens. Mm. And the interesting thing is, I went to a Sky showcase because it will it, it will be on Sky Atlantic, you know, as almost all HBO shows are, if not all. Um, and they had a clip of it in their like showreel and it is in the HBO showreel for 2023 and it's supposed to be coming out this year. It was supposed to be coming out quite soon, I think was the original plan. They won't confirm when the hell it is coming out. I think they are saying this year still, but it's a very interesting story. There you go. Mm. Told you it was a very interesting story. That is, no, that was very good. Can we end news now? <laughs> You've just been waiting to be able to end news, haven't you? Since that whole spiel by me about um, the idol. Yes, we can end news now. Oh my now. God, we listened to him bang on I, about I Carnival know. Row. Oh my this God, is outrageous. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's turmoil in the pilot TV studio <laughs> because James wants to finish news. Yes, you can finish news. Excellent, excellent. Let's move on to reviews. I use reviews with slightly implied passive-aggressive quote marks this week. Uh, thanks to a combination of embargoes and, let's be honest, unavailable screeners, this week's reviews are, shall we say, a little chaotic. Uh, but let's not let that deter us. I'm not saying, I don't know, we're reviewing two shows from last week and one that I only agreed to under extreme duress or anything. But, uh, you know, let's press on. Uh, it's been a couple of years since we last hung out with Din Djarin and little Grogu. But The Mandalorian is back, back, back. That is the good news. The bad news is you need to have watched at least two episodes of The Book of Boba Fett to know what's going on. Thoughts and prayers. Uh, much as it would amuse me, as I'm sure you all know, to make Kay lead on a Star War, having never so much as glimpsed a previous episode. Uh, you know, that's that's harsh. So let's hand over to Grand Moff Hilton. Boydie, <laughs> is this the way? Well, I'm so glad you in your intro that you mentioned this key fact that you have to have seen the book of Boba Fett, which famously in like two episodes completely forgot about Boba Fett yeah. and was all about the Mandalorian. Quite, you know, much more excitingly than the rest of that incredibly dull and pointless series. Um, but I kind of like that was ages ago as well. So I was, but isn't it within the recap? Because the last we saw of the Mandalorian, Kay, let me remind you, <laughs> is the fight, the finale of season two was when Luke Skywalker arrived. Yes. Spoiler alert, um, and was given Mando, the the baby Rogu, took after, taken away from our hero, the Mandalorian, who took his mask off to show little kitty Yoda um, what he looked like. Blah, blah, blah. It was a really brilliant moment. It was a fantastic, exciting moment. Great episode. They didn't show any of that in the in the uh, recap. I no. was like, you've forgotten that. I, I'll be honest with you. I thought the recap was absolutely inept. And the main reason it was completely inept is it gave you a piece of information, which is that basically the arc of the series is Mando needs to have a bath. And it gave you that information in the recap and then had a character say it less than five minutes after the show yeah. started. So rendering that recap utterly redundant and did not touch on, right. did not touch on the two massively plot-centric episodes of Book of Boba Fett, which are integral to understanding this series and which a lot of people won't have seen because that show was rubbish. 
and they weren't going to watch it and they only watched The Mandalorian. So most people coming back to watch The Mandalorian now don't know what the fuck is going on. Exactly. I mean, I thought I was going mad. I thought like I had to rewatch the the um, recap and, you know, kind of check what happened in The Book of Boba Fett and remind myself because I thought because it is so weirdly unhelpful. Yeah. Like, everything, you're right. It's you com- shouldn't have to work that hard. No. No. You really should Exactly. But and it's you, been a few years. Like, bear in mind, it's, right. it's been a while it's since been a while. we've yeah. seen Mandalorian yeah. as well. Having said all that, if you just l- l- sit back, bathe in the fact that still the interrelation, because basically the Mandalorian is back with Grogu, with yeah. Baby Yoda. That's the point. And he's looking after. I have Baby to Yoda. say, the Baby Yoda, Yoda yeah, is very the cute. Baby Yoda, Grogu, we can't call it Baby Yoda, though, brilliantly. Why um, can't you call it Baby Yoda? Because it's officially, it was never, it was always, it was we didn't know the, the name. child. It was called the child. And then initially. it became Grogu. I don't yeah. care, I'm calling everyone it Baby Everyone called it Baby Yoda, and even John Favreau and Dave Filoni occasionally referred to him as and Baby Yoda. Pe- well, Pedro so. Pascal did yeah. on, on Graham Norton's show in a very funny moment, and then kind of like did a whole bit about how, you know, he's going to be shot by <laughs> Disney Plus <laughs> because he called it that. But that relationship between Grogu and him and Mando is still just brilliant. Mm. Like, it's funny, it's adorable. Grogu is the cutest thing ever in the history of anything ever. You know, it's like, and the way, and the way they have little moments, like there's a bit where um, Grogu sits on a revolving chair. Yeah. It, it's just a <laughs> hilarious <laughs> bit, little bit so of observation sweet. that a little kid, yeah. that's exactly what a little kid would do. And his facial expressions are like, a kind of mixture of a little kid and like a little puppy dog kind mm. of thing are just brilliant. So the incidental joy I mean, it's not. But I mean, those moments, those inside moments, are what makes this so wonderfully entertaining to watch. I couldn't really give a shit about the main storyline <laughs> in this episode. I have to say, there were like it was a bit all over the place. There was like a shootout bit. That I was like, I thought that escalated very quickly. <laughs> Didn't really oh, need yeah, to have yeah, done. Yeah. It was a bit bizarre that that escalated so quickly. That he goes to see this woman in that place who tells him where to go, and, and it's like a civil civic center under That's a civic genuinely center. <laughs> funniest right. thing in the episode. It's He's such like, a funny where line. are these sacred pools of <laughs> yes. Mandalore? She goes, it's underneath the Civic Centre. Exactly. Like, what? Uh, that was so, so, that was bizarre. There's a whole, the, I, I, did, I haven't really kind of come to terms with yet, and I guess this is going to happen in the season, is the fact that the Mandalorian, that they, they all have to wear a mask in this like weird cult. What, so is, this, remember. what is this about, I right? Mean, that they can't take these yeah. stupid helmets off. Right. I'm like, what? What did, what did you make of this show, Kate? Because obviously you've well, gone into this blind... No, I just, I mean, look, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it probably more than Star Trek because obviously it's just like, you know, where, how old was that Star Trek you made me watch? The one that I mentioned at the end of like, like 100 old. years old, I mean, right? Yeah, so, okay. Much. Yeah, so on that basis alone. And I really liked, I refuse to call it anything other than Bobby Yoda. Thought it was very cute and that relationship. That's mm. the thing that drew yeah. me in. Um, also recognized the gold guy, CP3O. I looked Except that up. he wasn't it's in not. it, but that's fine. Oh. C3PO even. <laughs> What did I call it? C-O-3-P. No, I didn't. C- I call it C-P-3-O. It's like <laughs> 3P- C-P- C-3-P-O. 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 C-3-
That, is... that thing that you can't take it off or you're no longer a Mando. This and is like, the way, the, Kay. The this apostate. Is the way. Was it apostate? Being yeah. taken off, blah, blah, blah. Navarro, blah. Yeah. So <laughs> um, I liked the little baby odor. It's my conclusion. Mm. Well, so just to, to fill you in there, so the Mandalorians come from the planet Mandalore, but that you Bo-Katan Kreese, which is Katie Sackhoff oh, from sorry, Battlestar Galactica. I, I must have looked like I wanted an explanation. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, but you're getting one. Yeah. Uh, she takes her helmet off because she's just a regular Mandalorian. He is a member of the Watch, so the Death Watch, which is like a Mandalorian cult. And their whole thing is they don't take their helmets Why? off. This Why? Is the way. Why? It's hard to say. But I mean, hopefully so there will be an explanation at some point, but we don't know yet. I think there is, as in, I suspect if you go on Wikipedia, you can find out why they don't take their helmets off. But they've got to, they've got to tell us it's in the show. A, it's <laughs> like, it's just make, such you know, a silly thing. I think thing. they are. I think it's so silly. I, I mean, I, I, it is I, I know in they're no just way. saying this is a cult. This yeah. is like a religious cult. You just have to accept its rules. Which, and I crucially, get, which is an, which is a fair enough point considering the madness yeah. of religious. It is in, in, gen- in no way in important because Pedro Pascal is not on set and this is purely a voice job for him. Like that is no bearing at all on the story of this. He's on set sometimes, though, isn't he? Yeah, whenever there's a unit photographer around, I think. You're so cynical. I don't believe he's there. You don't know that though. Don't there. they claim that he's almost oh, they always there? Absolutely claim that. Right. I'm just saying I don't believe them. <laughs> I, I mean, a scandal. I can't believe you're accusing John Favreau saying, of being a liar. I'm just saying, if you're Pedro Pascal and you don't have to take your I, helmet off, 100. percent I you're bet like, you didn't uh, say. Give me the bigger much. now. I bet you didn't say this to yeah, him when that exactly. Empire event you you know you had. It didn't come up. No. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Chicken. No, so I. So The Mandalorian has some great episodes. I would argue this first one that we have seen uh, as we record this uh, is maybe not one of them. It's a little bit fillery no, to me. Yeah. We talked about this in some detail on the Empire Spoiler Specials podcast. Just to do. confuse matters, That's not, so we're not spoiling uh, The Mandalorian on Pilot Plus. That still is the domain of the Empire Spoiler Specials. Uh, and Chris and me and Sophie did a spoiler special on this first episode, which you can listen to now. We Why did you make me watch it then? Why did I make you watch it? Because yeah. we're reviewing it here, Kay, because mm. you're a professional. Mm. You know. Okay, fine. Uh, I, I like that Boyd and I are both swinging on our chairs like yeah, little like baby odors. Like little baby odors, yeah. <laughs> I just, I, the thing with this is I thought the space battle was fun. I thought the stuff with the crocodile just was not. Oh my gosh, uh, the crocodile. What was that? I know, I'm with you. I didn't like that at all. Also, that like in terms of stakes, Mando needs to take a bath is not what I'm looking for for mm. a TV show. And again, I think my biggest problem here is, and I think someone alluded to this on Twitter, is that we're suffering a little bit from post Andor syndrome, where we've seen Star Wars for grown-ups, and then to go back from Star Wars for grown-ups to Star Wars for everyone, so it's broader, uh, I think is maybe a difficult adjustment. That said, it still has a lot of charm. There's a lot of fun in there. I didn't like shit Davy Jones, the pirate captain. Avast, ye Mandalorian! <laughs> you know, that was terrible. Uh, but, uh, but, you know, I had fun with it. I thought this was good, solid, but unexceptional. So what hopefully hopefully it will show but hopefully this season will you know go to good places and be exciting I have every faith that it will because Mando has proven to be a great show in the past but this first episode didn't uh, didn't set my world on fire as, as your colleague Ben Travis said on Twitter he made this point which I thought was decent reminder number one if you use the Mandalorian as a stick with which to bash any other iteration of Star Wars you go against the entire ethos of the show and of Favreau and Filoni Dave Filoni the co-creator Reminder number two, if you think every Star Wars product has to be Andor, this is not the way. No, I have spoken. I get that. I get what he's saying and that it's unfair to go back to this and say, I've now had Star Wars for grown-ups. I refuse to accept, you know, Universal Star Wars because that's uni- that's how Star Wars was born as Universal Star Wars. I totally appreciate that. That doesn't make it any easier to to readjust from it. But also this isn't this isn't a fantastic episode. It's I agree. Great. I actually agree with you. It was it was it was a 
okay it, episode. Yeah, it's very which is nice to have them back. And the best things about it were yeah. the incel moments. As yeah, I but I think like if you, I, I, I think this could have been. I think given that it's been off our screens and we've had to sit through the book of Boba Fett, I think we deserved a really good opening episode to this season. So yeah. I feel a bit shortchanged. Yeah, there you go. Anyway, The Mandalorian is airing now on Disney Plus, and new episodes drop every Wednesday. By the time you listen to this, you will probably still have only seen the first one, quite frankly, but the second one will be out on Wednesday. Next up in the review section, we have four reasons season four <laughs> of The Bay on ITV. Now, this is a returning series that you probably expect me to, I don't know, say something elitist and, let's be honest, quite sniffy about. But no, no, I'm not going to. I'm not going oh. to. Yeah, I'm not going what? to do that. I'm just going to pass it Who over <laughs> to my colleague, the Bay Ribeiro, and, uh, and ask you to talk about it okay. instead. <clears throat> right. So, for anyone who watched uh, previous previous season, so the last season of the Bay is a TV is a police procedural, and it's about uh, it's set in Morecambe. And last season we saw DC Jen Townsend, played by Marsha Tom- Thomason, becoming the new Morecambe Police Family Liaison Officer. And last season was all about her finding her feet within the murder investigation team led by um, Tony Manning, played by Daniel Ryan. She she's helping distressed families. Um, in midst of like in the midst of a murder case and it was as much about that as about their family lives so Jen was dealing with the fact that she had uprooted her kids from Manchester she was moving in with her um her new um not her partner and it was about how they became a blended family and then DCI Manning it was about him going through a bit of a, a bad patch with his marriage and and divorcing so this new season um Jen is fully relaxed in the role she's confident now she's very much part of the team and they're investigating the death of Beth Metcalf who <laughs> we can't ruin this Boyd and I had a debate when I was writing the preview of this in the mag of what I could and couldn't say but something shocking happens I she's... think you can say because we, we also followed up with the discussion of the fact that Marsha Tomlinson in the Q&A with yeah, but it's all right for her to talks it. about it yeah, but if she's, <laughs> I don't know. We've said what she's. We've recounted what she says. So I don't want to be the, the one to ruin it. Okay, fine. All it's right. the premise. It's the first right. scene. Okay, all right. all right. You heard that was reluctant, everyone. Uh, there's a massive fire at the beginning of the show, and um, Beth Metcalf, the character, is targeted and killed, and she leaves behind her. We don't know she's targeted. That's the suggestion. We don't know that she dies. Just saying. We don't know she's not, we just don't. It's, it's suggested. Yeah, so, it's suggested. Can I ask a question? Yeah. This be- I don't think you're right. I think there's uh, you know, equally one of the police theories. Oh, is that yeah, it's I didn't random, get that this person was targeted. Oh, but, yes, actually, no, you can, right, I, can yeah. I ask a question? <laughs> this person who dies in the fire, the things we lost in the fire, as Bastille used to say, uh, she was, she was, she's, a, she's like a, a proper main character, is she? Not just like a random... No, 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 no. Each ep- series, like I forgot, it's a new case. This is a brand new case. So this is not a person and not no. a person that we know. It is a person, but it's not... It's a person. Okay, it's a human, I got that. It's not a documentary, okay. but yeah. So, so I, when I didn't care that she died in the fire, I was right to not care. Okay, just checking. Carry yeah, on. yeah, she's not a main character. We did actually address this point when we looked at, talked about the Bay previously on the yeah. podcast, but obviously James... Uh, absolutely not. Don't, yeah. No Anyway, she leaves that. behind her husband and four children. So it's all about that case of like, why, you know... It was was she targeted? Actually, she wasn't. I've just made that up. She might have been. We just don't know. <laughs> no, it's more that is there something dodgy to do with her husband, <laughs> Dean? Okay, yeah. Well, yeah, Dean might be targeted. Love dodgy Dean. Because he thought she was going to be out and she, and she yeah. wasn't, we right? We still don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's being targeted anyway. Yeah, so, that's your theory, but we don't know. Okay, so the question is, is Dean oh, a wrong 
Is something sinister happening? Yeah. Is his friend, uh, Bildum workmate Mal, who has a form for violence, is he involved? So it's like, Does any of it matter? It's, it's the, all, the unfurling of that case. And also the sort of more like the, about the family, about the lives of the police officers. It's about the fact that Jen is now being forced to cohabit almost with her ex's wife played by Claire Goose, um, who suddenly appears in her house and is trying to spend time with her daughter, 18-year-old daughter. And Jen is just like, what the fuck's happening? Why are you here? Why won't you leave my house? So it's that and the fact that also uh, Tony Manning seems to be smiling much more than he was last series. Hang on. So I thought it was all new people. Who's Tony Manning and why is he still here? It's about a murder he's the investigation he's the boss, team, the police James. boss. So he's he's a constant. Yes. Yes. Right. So, so is Jen. The, right. So How the, you not the get format this? the format of the show is the team <laughs> yes. of police right. are constant throughout. Sure. Although there was a different um, folk main character in the first two series, and then Marsha Thomason as as the family liaison officer. So it begins ah. with the main character is the family liaison officer who has changed from series one or two to who's series three surprisingly and four. stroppy. What? She gets quite Mosh- stroppy with the person she's supposed to be liaising with. I thought that, yeah, uh, I'd have reported it to professional standards for that. Uh, uh, maybe. Which, which person yeah, does which she get stroppy with? She gets stroppy with the dad because he goes uh, out. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, the dad is supposed to. Yeah, because right. they are I mean, worried. He goes on and gets pissed. Excuse me. No, you should tell you. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm enjoying the complete chaos of this Wait, review, but carry on. Yeah. That's what I was saying. The reason why they are in this safe house, like they're putting Are we this, just like, going to spoil the episode? This is what we're doing. Now. I mean, no, there is that as well. No, 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 no. No, but this is I'm just proving my point. Oh, is yeah. that the reason why she's angry that he's left is because she's worried he's been targeted, the family's being targeted by this fire. Yeah, but um, how am, I, I mean, am I going mad or am I saying we don't know though? It's These are theories, but we don't know. <laughs> no, but I'm explaining why she's angry because that's what the theory she, is. He might have been, as you just said. It's a theory, as you said. We don't know. You said, the only thing I picked up on, and apologies for the girlfriend, and I wish I hadn't, and James really oh, wishes God. I hadn't, is that you said, he, who's been targeted? I was like, no, no, that's a theory. We just don't know at the this family stage. is probably being targeted. Oh, oh, okay, this, is, this is a very exciting example of how incredibly belligerent <laughs> and <laughs> bullish cake and be in the face of all reason. I just, anyway, I mean, the, but sorry. What's, what I find right. fascinating is James. Let's, yes. let's move on to James now. Let's let's persecute him. Mm. Yeah, let's go for James. Is that he's really taken against this show for some reason? Right. Yeah, and I because he's broke the golden rule that we don't spoil what we think of a show. <laughs> yeah, to me the other Very day in activity. the office he was like ranting about how much how terrible he thought it was, etc. Uh, I'm just you know in anticipation of his actual <laughs> thoughts, which is good. But not but the th- but the format of the show sorry I was in the middle of that is that yes the police are, are go from series to series yeah. and like a bit like I'm forgotten basically sure. or it's line not of cold juicy cases, or anything the case is different each series okay good yeah. to know so that's the, that's the that's the format of it but what I do genuinely find odd is because for me this this show which was created by Dara Carville is a very good writer it's got great writers working on like fucking actor Sally Tatch etc I actually think the writing's pretty good yeah I think the and I think the what I enjoy about it is as much about the case as it is the, the police officers right, right? so that's, so that's what thing, I really yeah. love exactly the private life yeah. of the police officers is the other is is, is as key an element to these this series mm. as the um as the case. So it's a bit like when again a bit like Unforgotten, how we know we we, we get to, every time you compare the show to Unforgotten, a part of my soul dies. Just, right. just well, so you know that. I, but I'll address that explicitly. So Unforgotten is in that top tier for sure. It's mm. Unforgotten is one of the best 
TV crime dramas of the last five, six years or whatever. And the Bane may not be quite at that level. I would agree with you. But I don't think it's so much below that level at all. And I do think it's I think well this written. I think it's a decent police yeah, crime I think series. It's, like, I think yeah. the, the stories, the characters are interesting and intriguing. I can, What they do very, very well, and they absolutely have every single series, at the end of the first episode, in every single series, they little reveal, they drop a little bit of extra information that really forces you to want to carry mm. on watching. Or at least me anyway, completely. I really want to find out what what the solution to this what case is. Targeted. Whether they've been targeted, exactly. <laughs> or whether it's just a theory. They probably are. They probably are. Um, <laughs> so I don't get your animus towards this programme because it's uh, the cast are really good. Uh, but much Thomason's really good in, in that look. But my mate, my favourite is Daniel Ryan, who yes. is brilliant in everything that he does. He's but great. He he Tony plays Manning. that role. He plays that role really, really well. A man who is clearly who, who's suddenly kind of like he, he was having trouble with his marriage, wasn't he? In the last episode, in the yeah. last series, now he's like freer and lighter of touch, and he's constantly on the phone, you know, to someone. And you think, oh, maybe he's having, you know, yeah, he's got a spring in his step. He's got a spring in his step, but he does. All that performance of that really, really well. Mm. So I don't get what your big issue is. Come on then, <laughs> sock it to us. No, well, so okay. So this is clearly not my kind of show, but not because it's like I enjoy a policed investigative series. I watch every episode of DCI Banks. Do you know what I mean? Like I have, I have a tolerance for this right. kind of stuff, and rather right. enjoy it tolerance. when I like the characters. Yeah, you know, I love Unforgotten. I love Line of Duty. I like a British police yeah. drama, a knotty one, like a yeah. really interesting one. We get interesting <laughs> characters, and we get into it. The thing with this is, like, I'm not going to say this was a bad show because that seems unkind and, and it's probably wrong. inaccurate. Yeah. yeah, fine. What I will say is, it's an undemanding show. Like, it for me, it just it felt like it lacked pizzazz. It lacked flourish. It had a certain kind of functional quality to it. Like, it does what it sets out to do, but it doesn't do it with a great deal of flair for me. And I felt it didn't really ask an awful lot of the viewer. It didn't really take you anywhere that was interesting or surprising. Now, obviously, I don't know have the you characters. Not, have you not heard me so. speculating on different theories? Yeah, that's a lot sure. of me. Now, you're absolutely right. <laughs> they may or may not have been targeted. Like, that's definitely on my mind. <laughs> no, but as in, like, you know, I think it does. There's so many questions raised for the audience. Like, you're speculating all the time about what's, you know, so it is... I mean... But also, you... this flair is unforgotten, so kind of... I think so. Like, really? Un, un, yeah, I genuinely... I think there is thing... something about unforgotten. Don't get me wrong. No, I a... think it's understated. I think yeah, it's unsaid. Deliberately, it's a stylistic choice, though. But, <laughs> un, but but unforgotten feels like it does exactly what it does. It draws you into those characters. It uses those beautiful close-ups. It uses those very intimate interrogation <laughs> scenes. Oh the God, dialogue like like is brilliantly written. Yeah. Like, it really takes you in. And I felt the dialogue here, and I'm not saying the dialogue is terrible or anything like that, it just felt quite functional. Can and I so just this... say, I think going forward, I think it's going to be very unfair if you compare everything to Unforgotten or Happy Valley. Absolutely I don't fair. think any of us can do yeah, that. Because... But, I suppose but there what... are similarities. Yes, yeah, equally. of course. But, but, yeah. I think, but you the know... reason I'm doing that is... I'm going to get to in just a second. To use it as but, a stick to beat the bay yes, with. because I'm going to use it as a stick to beat the bay with. No, but the thing with this, so there's a fire sequence at the beginning of this. And then you've got a woman just sort of running around this house. And if you're going to have a character behave in an objectively stupid way <laughs> and walk around a burning building looking for a dog, like just like, going, oh, come here. Like it's just shoot it in such a way that you think, okay, look, she thought she could do this, but suddenly the fires got away from it. It just seemed like... The... James, not everyone acts in a logical way no, no, in extreme yeah. Stress. But it's absolutely and fine to do have that. Have you had a dog? But I mean, sure. But I'm saying if you're going to do it, you just need to shoot it in such a way to elicit more drama and to draw you in. And it felt like in this way. Did you that not fire feel that was dramatic? Did you not? No, feel I felt it was poorly staged. The, the fire. It didn't really work for me at all. And 
So, so and even the, the interrogation of this felt a little bit dull, a little bit for function. I'm like, even sequence where you're like, okay, this could be interesting. This could draw me in. What's he hiding? What do I want to know? I just felt, it felt just a bit, mm. And so what I'm saying with this is, not that it's bad. I'm saying, to your point, like, why am I using Unforgotten as a stick to beat it with? I'm saying that while this is not bad television, we live in a world of exceptional television now. Oh, and in a world of exceptional television, oh, I cannot before. in good conscience Someone like say that Soapbox, this is worth please. an hour of people's time to watch this episode when they could be watching, okay, The Last of Us or something oh, like that. You God. know, there's great can, stuff Can out anyone there. who's listening, if you are going to watch the bait, I'm not saying it's like of unforgotten you know, standards or anything. If you are going to watch The Bay out of interest, can you just tweet us? Because I just want to know. That's a good idea. Yeah. I, okay, right. Let's, I'm going to take that all back. I'm going to take the back. I'm going to do to you, our listeners, what frankly gets done to me. And I'm going to say, I would like <laughs> everyone listening to this podcast to watch episode one of season no. four of The so, Bay <sighs> and then to report back to us. And if I'm being a bell end, just tell me. But can no, I just say, though, so- I think you're, what I find odd is, I do find, because the comparison with Unforgiven is absolutely. Unforgiven. I've forgotten. It's absolutely valid because they do have a lot of things in common. Mm. And I do think that Unforgotten understates. I've made this point before. One of the good things about it is it it, it uses um, the real examples we've seen of police work in shows like 24 Hours in Police Custody and stuff like that. And I I've, and I've spoke to them about that like a couple of years ago. I was like, oh, have you influenced by that? And they said, yes, they have been influenced by it. It tries to avoid the melodrama you mm. get yeah. in normal police procedural shows. Instead. And I think the same thing is with, with The Bay as well. It's trying to avoid being overly melodramatic and overly cheesy and it is understated and the dialogue is it's trying to be barely heightened um, realistic stuff that people actually say to each other Uh, and I think it deserves credit for that and I think you've taken against it in an odd because and and you must this is absolutely true you must admit (laughs) that when we decided to review you were really resisting it as an ITV (laughs) police procedural from all your usual snobbery snobbish things and the fact is it's not a million miles away from I'm forgotten James, both in terms James of quality. James WhatsApp group was finding yeah. every single way yeah. of trying so not to do the bad. You've got to you've got to admit that that you have take you have something against it in your mind, which is uh, well, and I, to get over <laughs> for you, especially someone like you, it's to admit you might be wrong about characters. it, you know, or even just slightly exaggerating how it's not how perfunctory it is, is is unfair. It's just not like that at all. The story, the, I think they work really hard at coming up with interesting different crimes each each season, each series. I cannot and speak to com- the other seasons and coming up with really interesting families. Last season, mm. season three's family was a Muslim family, and oh, you haven't seen last before. Season. Yeah, I was, really loved last season. Seems like there was yeah. a um, funeral, a Muslim funeral, oh, which they showed quite that in was quite a lot educational. of detail. You'd never been seen before. No, on I've British never TV. Seen Literally that. never yeah. seen before on British TV. In fact, TV. I think I said it in my so, review. And you know, <laughs> James is looking like I'm an idiot. Well, but I, I, I can't disagree with you. I've never seen. But that, I think in so. terms of of, of of diverse casting and storylines and characters and really interesting, compelling storylines and characters. More importantly, or as importantly, it does a really good job. So I think. It's, I, I think it's an above, way above average of its kind. Wait, can I commend you on your defense yes, you of can. the bay? Because I yeah, thought that was very good. But this yeah. is what often face. Well, hang on, I'm hang so on. glad you're here. Because we often face. Can we go back to the bit where you two are fighting about whether or not they were targeted? No, 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 yes. no. Now we're very no, anti you. Very this is ridiculous. Oh, it's yeah. all switched, hasn't it? Yeah. Well, anyway, I would genuinely be interested to hear what people think of the bay. As I'm saying, all I can speak of is I've seen this one episode. I've never seen any of the other series. This is the only. I'm judging it purely on the merits of this whatever it was minute episode that I watched. Well, I'll carry on all day but, but to your point about I've, I, a lot of people do say this I hear a lot of this because there are, there are we're in this peak TV era and there, you know, there are so many unbelievably good yes. shows that why would I waste my time on a show that's not unbelievably good well 
I think you. I think a you do is just in different genres. Thank I think, you. I think if it's you know Thank if it's a like, fantasy That's thing with goblins, absolutely fair. That then is absolutely you're much fair. more open to it taking yeah. up your time. Yeah. And B, not everything has to be. No. So do you know what I mean? There's ty- There's well, space for partly why we're getting to review the Bake Off episode, for example, uh, and well, that's mainly to torture me. But yes, but it's because not everything has to be an amazing an hour of really enjoyable pleasure for me is just as 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 warranted and t- and I'm fine with it taking up my time as a 10-part epic thing of brilliance like The Last of Us. So I think, yeah, I don't get, I never got that. But I I agree with you to the point that there is room for different textures and things in your entertainment. (laughs) 100%. (laughs) Like, have different things. Have You you don't want to watch the same thing all the time. The same. No one's looking for like a Sopranos every five minutes. You want to watch other things. You need a Deep Space Nine in there as well. Yeah. But I suppose what I'm saying is my like fitting the media that exists into the hours that we have in the day is kind of the modern challenge, isn't it? People have a very limited amount of spare time and there's a shit ton of stuff to watch. The reason this podcast, of course, exists is because we're trying to guide people through the murky waters of peak TV to pick out the great (laughs) stuff that is worthy of their time. And I'm saying, if we are going to go trawling in a bay for TV shows and we were to come up with this one, I'm saying it might be a catch and release situation (laughs) and I would go back to the water and think, oh, look, it's The Last of Us. Catch and release. That's all I'm saying. It's really, oh, yeah, it's yeah, good. Yeah. That was a good. To be fair to James, that was a good. Uh, yeah, I know. Yeah, analogy. It's annoying. It's know, annoying. Morecambe Bay analogy. <laughs> right, I'm going to quit while I'm ahead. Yeah. Uh, when's it on, Boydie? It is on uh, Wednesday on ITV at 9pm and all of it will be available on ITVX as, <laughs> as we have learned. Bloody series. As we have learned, is also going to be amazing. Right. Finally, this week we have Abbott Elementary, specifically. Abbott Elementary Season 2. Now, as you will probably know, this show has been showered with awards nominations in the US, uh, and we've not covered it on this podcast before. So completely coincidentally, in a week when we were denied one screener and hit with an embargo for another one, <laughs> we've decided to take a look at whether Abbott Elementary... You don't have to be this honest. It's cracked up to me. That's my thing, Boyd. I don't oh, know what okay. to tell you. Honesty is my brand. Okay. So the question is, is it good? It's elementary, my dear Boydie. Tell us. Abbott it. Oh, I don't know. Oh, oh wow. Back to wow. Yeah. James's intro. Sorry. Um, James's punning intros. Well, I've watched a bit of Abbott Elementary before. I think uh, Elementary before. I think I mentioned it last year when it first arrived on Disney Plus over here because it was getting a lot of um, critical kudos in the States. It's now become something of a phenomenon, I was going fast to say, because it wins awards left, right and centre. It mm. wins... Emmys and Golden Globes. It won um, a SAG, I think, award the other day for the cast. Um, and it's and it, you know what it is? It's it's the latest, really, in a quite a long line of American TV sitcoms that are faux documentaries yeah. formats. So The Office, the US Office, Parks and Rec, um, Family One. I've named the, oh, Modern, <laughs> modern Family. family <laughs> the Family One. The Family One. It's, it's it. modern. It's about a family. Oh God, what's it called? <laughs> <laughs> modern Family. It's in that mold. And my honest reaction to it is. Uh, Consent's case, 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 gonna bristling. And I'm not fully My on board. I may not be fully on board. By the way, you remind me a little bit. I have to say this. <laughs> oh, of I knew Quinta Brunson's character. Do you know what? I absolutely. Do you remind yourself of that? 
She reminds me more of Cheryl Lee Ralph's character, but character. Oh, harsh. Harsh. <laughs> I, think it's a good I thing. love Barbara. That's a compliment. Yeah, Barbara's the best character. Oh my gosh, she's yeah. absolutely she queen. Thanks, yeah. James. That's a compliment. She, she is the best character. And there's a very funny. I watched the second episode of this new series. You, how many, don't know how many you watched, which begins with the whole thing about she gets names of famous people wrong and different. she confuses different <laughs> actors. Like, you. like me. I totally, a, I totally identify with it. And B, it was really funny. It was the funniest thing in, in like the both both episodes I watched. But I do think there's a bit of you in yeah, Janine, Quinton Bronson's character. Character who's a very like wants to help everyone and very positive force, you know, yeah, optimistic and trying to, you know, rally the troops all the time. And Kay often will go on like a uh, royal tour of the office (laughs) to just check everyone's okay. You know, it's it's a great thing. It's a great characteristic. Um, So for me, I think what I have to try and separate, and I I had to go at James for, you know, having decided what to think about a show before actually watching it. I myself have to say, I am am partly reacting to the amount of claim it gets, particularly in the States, and all these awards it's getting. I don't think it's that special. Oh, my gosh. I just don't, yeah. So, I mean, by all means, let me know why it is so special. I think it's fine. I think it's absolutely, I enjoy it. It is, um, for me, Modern Family was, uh, you know, you can bathe in that, in the joy of that show as a very entertaining, uh, you know, always gag a minute, um, very enjoyable, funny characters, borderline, you know, some more funny than others. For me, this is that, uh, I'm not sure if it's as good as Modern Family in terms of the scripting. I'm not sure if the scripting is quite, I'm not sure if the jokes are quite as funny as they were in Modern Family. Modern Family was a really good, consistent show, pretty much. I mean, it went on too long. I mean, it had, yeah, it, it had went some on way patchy too long. bits. It was about 50 I million. love Modern Family. Yeah, but there's about 50 million seasons. Specifically, season. Phil Dunphy. Yeah. It's definitely not up there with Parks and Rec at its greatest, and it's 100% not up there with The Office at its, at its best. So, I, and I don't think I, I should necessarily, and that's, I'm admitting that I'm, you know, I shouldn't worry about that. It's not a competition. You know, we shouldn't let the Mandalorian be affected by Andor, etc. It's all a part of the same argument. In and, in and of itself, it's a really enjoyable show. And I kind of like the fact, I've read some articles about it saying that it kind of makes um, the American public school system, as in, you know, the high school system for people who, you know, of all kinds of families or whatever income, as opposed to private schools in, in America, it kind of makes it seem all too nice. You know, it's all too nice. And not in, there are, you know, whereas in fact, of course, the harsh reality of the situation mm. is that there are really re- terrible issues they have to have, they have to deal with. You know, that there's people testing whether you've got guns, whether you're armed. There's, you know, gun yeah, violence. Yeah, I mean, this is but, not a documentary. No, I know, it's I know. a sitcom, right? But, I know, so. I know, I know. But <laughs> because it is a, with such a specific setting, it's it's kind of a bit odd how lovely and fun it all is. Do you know what I mean? I, I found it a bit odd. That's my reaction to it. How, how it, you know. But I can see why politically almost it is taking that line. You know, that it is, you know. And there are some brilliantly cute, funny students. There was a bit more of the student um, population in the episodes I watched from the first season. Season, but I'm sure there'll there's more there'll be more of that. There's there are enough of them. Some of them are really funny. There's a very fa- there's a very funny piss take of of uh, Dragon's Den as it's known here and, and Shark Baked Shark word, Tank it? Shark Tank. Thank you. As it's known in America. How do I'm all, how am I the one that knows? Right, that? It's involving one of the students again. I think it's in episode two, and that was really funny. It's really enjoyable. Don't get me wrong. I like it. I just don't think it's as good as the amount of awards and attention it's getting would indicate. Sorry. But I really enjoy it. Don't get me wrong. Don't apologise to enjoyable. me. Apologise to Quinta Brunson. <laughs> you wrote this. Sorry, Quinta. And stars in it. Yeah. I really, lo- I really like this. So I'd heard stuff about, about it last year. Hadn't watched it. I knew we were going to review it. So watched the first episode of the second season and liked it. But I was, I really, I really liked it. I liked the characters. But I was like, I clearly didn't, wasn't getting why certain things had happened. Do you know what I mean? So I was like, mm, let me just see if I'll watch the first episode of the first season. Guys, 
day and a half, I binged all 13 episodes. <laughs> I binged the first season. I enjoyed it so much. I thought the writing was really good. Uh, the jokes were funny. I thought the characters... I mean, it reminded me of the way that it's like sort of ensemble piece with these different characters. You know Superstore? Yeah. You know how there's no dud characters? Like with this, all of these characters are so well drawn, I think. There's something about each of them flawed or, you know, they're like quirky. Mm. There's something to like, like, well, not like, but there's something to be drawn to in each of the characters, like including the janitor, even the smaller characters, such attention's paid to them. Particularly like um, Janine, who's played by Quinta Brunson, who apparently I'm like, yeah. um, who is... Basically, for anyone who hasn't seen it, it's about Janine, a teacher in a predominantly black Philadelphia public school where this documentary crew are filming and recording teachers' working lives, um, working in underfunded, mismanaged schools. I really like the fact that the black focus of this and that the fact that it's about this, how, you know, this black schools, this predominantly black schools managing and how it's, you know, constantly fighting for money and how even though new teachers only last for two years, this Janine character is incredibly optimistic. She teaches second grade and she's determined to help her students in spite of the circumstances. And it's her kind of fight that she constantly is dealing with these daily challenges, but constantly trying to do the right thing by her pupils. And I just really like the collection of characters, including, you brought her up, Barbara, played by Cheryl Lee Ralph, who is a fantastic, no-nonsense kindergarten teacher. Amazing. She is so good. She's my favourite character. Having watched 13 episodes, like, all of yesterday, I'm like, I want to be more Barbara. Um, But yeah, I just thought it was funny. I thought... Janine is so well-meaning, you kind of can't help but root for her against all the odds. And potentially there's this potential romance between her and Gregory that, you know, now, because at the end of the second season, her relationship status changes. And so now there's a there's a substitute teacher called Gregory who might be an option. So I thought it just had so much about it that I really liked. And, and I thought it was really funny. So I disagree with you, Boyd. I think it is. it deserves the hype and I would urge people to watch it if you haven't. Do you think it's as good as Parks and Recreation or The Office or It's not as good as The family? Office, but it doesn't have to be. No, I know it doesn't. No, that's, all I'm, yeah. that's all I'm saying. You're do, I, do you I'm know what you're doing? To, you're doing Boyd, the James. I just don't understand how you're so snobby. Like, you've <laughs> yeah. written the show oh, off. You're not giving it a yeah. chance. You know, Boyd, there's time in your life for Abba Elementary, The Baby. Yeah, you can watch is. all sorts of different things. Unlike you. Not everything not has to be no, Modern like, Family, Boyd. You, you, you have become right. a James. The <laughs> ultimate insult you've become yeah, like James. I will carry on watching it. I watched a couple of episodes, yeah. You should watch the whole of the first. Anyone who's listening who's interested, watch the whole of the first season. They're only like 20 minute episodes, 23. The pilot is. Absolute uh, object lesson: How to write a, a first comedy episode. By the way, of a series like this, because it's the pilot's really good. Don't backtrack. Bring it the way, bro. No, I'm not doing it. So, I like the way the loyalty of this think? podcast have been Yo, shifting like the seas yes. this episode. <laughs> of course you are. Uh, yeah, so I have never watched Abbott Elementary on account of it being comedy. Uh, so I watched the first episode of season two here and understood some of what was going on. I know who Gritty is, for example. Uh, but I was a bit like I felt a bit. Like, it didn't work for me. The first episode of season two didn't quite land for me. And I, being the consummate professional that I am, then went back and watched the pilot episode. I thought, like, you oh, know what? I think I need yes. to understand who these people are. And once I watched the pilot, I was on board. So two, season two, episode yes. one in isolation didn't do it for me. But what, the pilot, I was like, okay, now I understand who everyone is. You get to see Gregory arrive, Tyler James Williams from Everybody Hates Chris, who's phenomenal in this. And what I like about this 
is of all the characters, I would say only Janelle James' character, the principal, Ava, she's the only one who falls into that slightly heightened comedy mm. stereotype. Whereas all the others, they all have, they're all heightened, but they're not quite so two dimensional as she is. Yeah. Uh, and she works. So don't get me wrong. She, she serves she a comedy purpose. She gets better purpose. over time as well. Yeah. Though. I liked a lot of the characters in this. And I, th- I like the fact that. Who are your favourites? Oh, that's a good question. I liked Gregory a lot. My favourite was Barbara because she's absolutely the best. Yeah. Jacob annoyed me. I'm sorry. Yeah, to say that. he was a little bit annoying. Um, but yeah, no, I. Did you I, look, crucially, did you like Janine? Did I like and Janine? And this is a test, James. Uh, well, as in, as in the main character. Yeah. yeah, I like Janine. I had no problems with yeah, Janine. See? Jacob is quite annoying. I, th- I think that's. Yeah, yeah he I is. I that's a good observation. That yeah. didn't work for me. No. But I. I like that it, it's funny, but it also covers serious themes. And there are moments where it's not afraid to actually get a little bit serious for a while and be mm. like, you know, like our funding is fucked and we need to look out for these kids and we're not looking out for these kids. And you have to be, they were saying that like, teachers have to be teacher, parent, mm. priest, counsellor, all of these things to these kids. Like sometimes that's your job. It's not just teaching them stuff. And I thought it, it managed to walk that line between kind of serious sentimentality and frankly stupid humour very, very well. I also quite liked the breadth of the humour because they've got slightly heightened, they've got some slapstick in there, they've got slightly heightened, like uh, uh, absurd humour, but they've also got quite dry sarcastic humour in there. Oh, so yeah. there's a little bit of something for everyone. The janitor also, did you like him? Yes. He's so funny. Yes, he's not quite up there with the scrubs janitor for me, but no. he is funny. Mm. And I thought the documentary format again, works because you get to see them talking to camera. Again, the Gregory sequences in particular. Gregory's faces to camera. He yeah. does such good straight face. Absolutely. And the like, little arched eyebrow. He's a brilliant straight man yeah, in this. Yeah, so yeah. I thought that was a lot of fun. And the unveiling of the sign outside the... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was funny. So I liked it. I mean, is it a transcendental comedy? Honestly, I kind of feel like... It's, I can't really say because this is not my genre at all. Mm. And I don't generally love sitcoms. But I could recognise that it's slick, it's well done, it's funny, it's brilliantly executed. I can certainly see why people love it. I can. Well yeah, I agree. I, I can see why people love it as well. I, yeah. You know. Stop being a hater, boy. You know, and look, <laughs> look it's, Boyd is just maybe a little bit small-minded and that's okay. Oh, <laughs> you know? Don't try and that's portray me as as small-minded as you. you know, it's, it's never going to work. It's okay, SMB. Boyd. If you're no, going to be judgmental, you, it's fine. I do like it. I do enjoy it and I will watch more episodes and I'm not closing my mind to as you have done with the bait. <laughs> And so well, many others. It's ending, it's ending with us it. having a massive punch up. Yeah. Oh dear. That's good dear. Now, uh, in the very first episode, there is a rug that is weed on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the question is, what that was, was that rug targeted? I don't know that it was absolutely spelled out in the <laughs> oh, episode, good. but you know, certainly that was my theory. Yeah. Unbelievable. Anyway, unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> uh, Abbott Elementary season two, which is now airing on Disney Plus, on what day, Boydie? Oh, uh, from the first... It's on now, isn't it? Um, first of March. It is, yeah. Ten episodes are available. I, can I just say, it, it, it is actually weird that there are... I think the second season is like 22 episodes in Why America. Why are you slagging it now? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm saying what's weird is Disney Plus aren't putting all the episodes out in one go. Well, I think Because it didn't air in the US quite a while ago yeah. as well. So, so. Well, I'm saying, why aren't they making mm. all, the, all the episodes available rather than just ten and then another 12 will follow later? They're doing a little break. Like you. Well, if you want to defend the, the man, you know, that's fine. I'm saying... <laughs> I'm, just, I'm defending I'm not, I'm Abbott Elementary Abbott from Elementary your onslaught of criticism. I'm saying Abbott Elementary fans would want to know why they won't have access to watch the whole series. And, and, and Disney Plus is limited. I'm making the absolute opposite point. I'm, I'm, okay, I'm rooting for the fans. Okay, okay cool. Yeah. All right, I this take has it been back. quite an interestingly antagonistic podcast. I'm enjoying this. We I'm know. also enjoying that it's not just me getting yelled at. So that's good. <laughs> um, also out this week, well, frankly, also out at the moment in cinemas is Luther the Fallen Sun which is very much a film, uh, but it does come to Netflix on the 10th of March. Now, uh, obviously, it's not a TV show, 
<laughs> it is a film, but it is a spin-off of Luther, which we love, and I think it's worthy of debate. So we will be reviewing Luther, the Fallen Son, in this week's Pilot Plus, but more specifically, we will be talking about the phenomenon of Luther as a whole, because we're going to introduce Kay to Luther. She's going to watch the first episode, and so we're going to get Kay's take on oh, Luther. Lordy. I've been avoiding, I avoided Luther when it came out, because I thought it would be too, like, I don't know, grisly, psychologically, you know, freak me out and stuff like that. So oh. I avoided it and then they've convinced me to watch the first episode. We have. So I shall be doing that. We'll see how that goes on Thursday. But what else is out this week, Boydie, that we either weren't allowed yes. to review because it was embargoed yes. or weren't allowed to review because they wouldn't give us screens? Well, good point. Um, first of all, there's you, the second tranche, as we discussed earlier on, yes. um, arrives officially on Thursday, the 9th of March. So the second five episodes of the absolutely crackers fourth season. <laughs> Of you and the, believe me, as 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 uh, James attested to earlier, the second half <laughs> goes absolutely. How many apps are you watch? Fucking insane! I've seen all of it. The only oh, yeah, the it. only way to talk about the second half is to use swear about it yeah. because it's so fucking mad. <laughs> In a, in a oh, good, in the best it. possible way, it's amazing. You just wait, Kay, you'll love it. Yeah. Then we have Unprisoned, which is a, another Disney Plus show. Grammatically right? upsetting, but Exactly. Starring on Friday is a half-hour comedy drama with, with Kerry Washington Ooh. and Delroy Lindo, no less. Yeah. Two excellent talents. And it's about uh, a therapist whose dad gets out of jail and moves in with her. It's basically the, that's oh, why I the Unprisoned title. Yeah, I mean, it's good, but we weren't given um, screeners for that, Kay. Mm. Um, and School Spirit, it starts also on Friday on Paramount Plus, which is based on a graphic novel. Have you read this graphic novel? I have not. Okay, it's and if why... I had, I couldn't tell you because it's embargoed. Yeah, that's embargoed. It's a... oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, so that's embargoed. We couldn't review that one. That's a YA supernatural teen thing. Yeah, which I, frankly I wanted to do it's on so, this week's podcast. Yeah, it's, so it's very me, and he we weren't allowed it. to. He and was petitioning shit. for it. I'm quite put out about yeah. it. I want to mention a um, documentary. We don't cover many, which maybe we should, as well as subtitled yes. things. Which There's a George Michael documentary on Channel 4 on Monday and Tuesday, uh, two part. Yes, sorry James, I'm mentioning it. It's supposed to be really good. I haven't seen it. I know um, Chris Lupton of Empire went to see it, and he thought he went to the screen, he said it was excellent. Oh, and it's wow. about how uh, George Michael was outed against his will famously, and what that meant culturally etc. That's on Channel 4. That might be about... Seal Team 6 comes to Sky Max on the 8th on Wednesday, which I, again, wanted to cover on this podcast, and we could have done, but Kay had already watched one of the others and also, who cares Uh, about Seal Team 6? Well, Seal Team 6 aired in the States a while ago. This is the the David Boreanaz. Can I just say what I vetoed in place of it? Abbott Elementary. Exactly. I mean, it's fair. It's fair. Abbott Elementary is genuinely being talked about. I don't think anyone's talking about Steel Team 6. David Boreanaz isn't talking about Steel Team 6. No, exactly. I'm just saying I might have quite enjoyed watching it. No, okay. Well, you're still allowed to do that. It's true. That is true. I could theoretically still watch it. Okay, good. Well, that is everything that is out this week. Please do leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts if you like the show. And if you want more of us in your ears and do consider signing up to Pilot Plus, just in case you don't know, for just one ninety-nine a month, you not only get a second show every Thursday with more reviews and extended post-bag section and spoiler chat, uh, but you also get access to our TV spoiler special podcasts, including The Last of Us ones that I've already talked about. Uh, and, and, and you get ad-free early access to the regular Monday Pilot TV podcast at the bright and early time of 6am. Well worth one ninety nine a month. I think you will agree. You can track us down on social media at Pilot TV Pod, at James C. Dyer, at Kay Ribeiro, and at Boyd Hilton. On next week's show, we have the return of Ted Lasso. 
the return of Shadow and Bone. Uh, extrapolations, the star-studded extrapolations comes to uh, Apple. That malice thing that Kayla was talking mm, about is also on as well. Uh, we'll also have some guests next week, but frankly, we haven't done the interviews yet and I refuse <laughs> to tempt fate. Mm. So you'll have to tune in next week to find out who. Uh, we hope you have enjoyed this quite belligerent, slightly antagonistic episode of the podcast. Kay's got a hand up. Why have you got your hand up, Kay? Because I just wanted to tell everyone, Abbott Elementary is my favourite. You haven't asked. What oh, it's a pick of the is. week. You didn't do this last I, week I've, either. I know, yeah. I've gone rogue. Sorry, gone what's, so what's rogue. our pick of the week? Abbott, for me. No takers for the bay. Um, it's between the bay. What's the first show we did? Oh, The Mandalorian. <laughs> Seems so long ago. It's exhausting. Um, do you know what? I'm going to go The Bay, just to annoy oh, you. God, you're the worst. You're the actual worst. What's yours, worst. Mando? Uh, well, mine is the whole of You Season 4 Part 2. Oh, you're so. cheating. Yeah, it's such a cheater. cheating. <laughs> you get I no credit for that. I can break the rules. Just saying. I mean, you do on a constant basis, don't you? <laughs> it's fair. Pilot out.